Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Wicker Park, Chicago. Live from the guy on Couch Shack. That's right. With my lovely and talented co-host sitting on the couch from the guy on Couch Shack, Joey. No chill, Prano. It's great to be here, Andy. Still in Chicago. Still in the midst of the Dirt Ball meetup. The Midwest Dirt Ball meetup. It's been a fantastic week. And uh, here we are. Sitting here with two dogs. This is day six, Prano. Day six of Chicago. There's one dog on the coffee table right now. His name's Diesel, and I will say Diesel is a maniac. <laughs> yeah, he's a lunatic. Lunatic. He regularly wears a bow tie and a diaper. Yes. I think that's hilarious. It's amazing. Like, I said this to where we're staying, the owner's... And uh, where Guy on Couch lives, I said, he might be the first dog that I think needs Prozac. And apparently, the owners debated giving the dog doggy Prozac. I described the dog as, uh, what's I forget the character's name from South Park, Pip or Squeak. Yeah, Pip. Is it Pip? Or is Pip the British kid? Pip's the British kid. Is it Squeak? Whatever his name is. I don't don't watch South Park anymore. He's not on really anymore, this character. But just the, the on edge. I've never seen the dog so on edge. Yeah. Well, he's chilling right now. He's finally. You're the dog father over there. Yeah. So, Prano, six days of Chicago. It's been, Chicago, it's reminded me. I've had me, two heart attacks. Yeah, let's talk about the food situation here. The whole, like, the bears, the bulls, the cubs, that whole thing where they, in the middle of the sketch, they were always having heart attacks. That's legit. Like, I feel like, I, I said to you, I thought I had a heart attack on stage last night. Like, suddenly had chest pains on stage. It's really tough to eat healthy here. Now, I'm not complaining because the food is great. I think the food is amazing. But I said to you last night, if I lived here, especially when it gets cold, I know why everyone's fat in the Midwest. Yeah. Especially in Chicago. Because, yeah, the food, like the fried everything, the dipped beef, the cheese, fried cheese, fried dipped cheese, beef wet cheese like it's all cheesy it's all fried and um it's delicious but the other thing is they don't really have a lot of options like we were at the bar the other day and they were like you get a wings or a burger a burger dipped in wings wings dipped in a burger or you get a hummus plate and we were like uh all right that's and you ordered a hummus plate um, well, because my, my system now, but even this morning, like my, our options at breakfast, our healthy options at breakfast were like oatmeal dipped in powdered sugar with, with maple syrup, and like 11 kinds of fruit and sprinkles. Yeah. Hey, hey what guys. Are you guys looking out the window. Get out of here. It's fine, guys. There's, there's somebody coming up the steps. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're right on the food. Diesel's like Vince with an attitude. It's like, yo, just chillax, bro. I know you're wearing a bow tie, but you're not fancy. Yeah. Vince with an attitude. Yeah, but Vince Vince was such a chill dog, I know. Man. 
He looks a lot like him though, just in the face. They do look alike. But but Diesel, no offense. You ain't fucking Vince. You're no Vince. You, you, what is going on here mid podcast? Uh, somebody got a delivery? This guy this guy slammed his delivery. <laughs> That's why shit's always broken, man. These delivery people slam shit. Yeah, but the back to the food. Yeah. It's amazing, but last night we went out to get some late night food. We went to a grilled cheese spot. Yeah. Grilled cheese. But like you say grilled cheese spot, but really that was just like the basis. And then there was like, I think my grilled cheese had chicken tenders and onions and barbecue sauce and all kinds of shit on it. Like it was basically a sandwich. Like the other night we went out uh, with, with the guy on couch. He got a burger and the buns, the bun was two grilled cheeses. So it was a burger stuffed between two grilled cheese sandwiches. What the fuck, guys? Like, what? <laughs> the heart attack. The bears. The bears. Yeah, it's for real. And like I was saying, it's nice now. But when it's 10 degrees, you don't want to go outside. And then you eat that shit? Yeah. It's just morbid obesity. Here we come. Yeah. And the pizza... I love, by the way, like, this is my first real experience with Chicago Deep Dish. And uh, it's almost like they were, like, just being dicks about pizza. It's like some New Yorker came to town, and they were like, he's like, here's the deal. Pizza's, uh, you put a little thin crust, you put, uh, you put the sauce on top, then you put cheese. They're like, fuck all that. Thick crust, then the cheese, then the sauce. And they're like, why are you trying to do everything completely different? And it takes, you know, when you go to these places, they say it'll be 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. The first place said 45 minutes to an hour. Because it's such a, it's, it's a casserole, basically. Yeah. You're baking a casserole in the oven. But it's good. But, again, like, I got another week in the Midwest. Then I'm, I'm going to get back to my fuckboy scrambles You're and down, spinach. downshift from all the fried stuff to just the chili. No, the good news is I'll be at my parents' house, so I'll be able to make the fuckboy scramble. Then Walt will walk in. He'll be like, what is it? What is this spinach? What is this? What is this green stuff that you're spreading everywhere? Is that some sort of fungus? You find that in the fridge? We got to clean. Joanne, we got to clean the fridge more often. And you found fungus in there. My dad, my dad has no clue I'm coming into town. Apparently he, well, asked, he does now. I know he listens to the podcast. He told me. He texted my or he asked. My mom texted me today and said, uh. She said, Dad was like, when are you leaving Chicago? And I told him I didn't know because she's picking me up from the airport tomorrow. But I don't want to say, well, Dad has my Dad has my GPS tracker. Yeah. He, uh, he's treating me like, a, like I'm a CIA agent. He knows my whereabouts. He tracks your location via your phone. Yeah. You shared your location with him. I did a couple years ago when I was on that long drive. And I thought it was funny. And I forgot. And then when I was home again, he reminded me. And I took it off. And he got all butthurt. Why do you want to know where I'm at all the time? My girlfriend asked me to share my location. I laughed in her fucking face. (laughs) She's like, we share a location with that? I was like, absolutely not. It was like the fucking laughing Goodfellas gif. I was like crying laughing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. My mom got really defensive about it for me. She's like, well, you don't need to know where he's at. He's a grown man. No, I just, I just, you know, you know what it is. We already discussed this. He's like, it saves me the trouble. What I do is I check where he's at and then I just uh, check the weather in that zip code. Yes. Then I don't have to call him and ask him how the weather is. No, but it's, it's a segue conversation starter for him because he's an awkward 75 year old man. 
so he can look at my tracker and go. So you're in San Diego. How's the weather? That's what it is. But the shows have been great, Joe. Comedy bar in Chicago. If I know uh, we've obviously been talking about it for weeks, telling people to come. If you did uh, make it out, shout out to all those people. Shout out to the uh, the crew at the Real Fisherman House. Shout out to uh, who were some of the guys that made it? Uh, I mean, so many people made it out. Well, we had. I'm very happy, and I can't thank you guys enough. I know some people don't even. I think don't want to be shouted out. Some people do. We had five shows at the comedy bar. Yep. We had dirt balls at every single show. Yep. You know, anywhere from like two to ten dirt balls, basically at every single show. So we can't thank you guys enough. We had a nice little crowd for the live podcast, which was Thursday. So much love to all the dirt balls. And let me just have a, a real Mikey Stoviak, uh, Zach, Dylan, that? Cody, Dylan. Nick. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, we have Steve. By the way, Steve, you're a dirt ball. Yeah, Steve, you're a dirt ball, whether you like it or not. Steve introduced us as I, a podcast. List. I listened to your podcast. We we're like, you're a dirtball. He's like, well, I mean, no, you're a dirtball, bro. bro. Blood in, blood out. Fool. Yeah, you're a dirtball. You listen to the show. And, uh, you, you know, the, the guys last night, oh, now I'm forgetting names. I know. it's it's uh, So I, many people sorry. have Sorry, we met a lot of, from, from the, South Bend. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys, we're, we're forgetting names. We met we met a lot of people this weekend. The but, crew from up in, the two guys who came down from uh, from Wisconsin. Rich was there, first of all. Yeah, yeah. Rich. And then was it... Uh, and then, of course, we had um, the Purdue crew. Yeah. Clay Bowles and his crew. Clay Bowles, Bowles. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, guys... You met if Zach, I, the OBJ fan. He was he was cool. Yeah, I love, Wisconsin. I love OBJ slurpers. But again, if we're forgetting anybody, our yeah. apologies, but you guys... I forgot my jokes a couple nights, guys. I can't remember everything. Yeah. I'm fucking... I'm, I have had two heart attacks. I'm in post-heart attack. Brain mode, so. I will say, the kale salads at the comedy club might have saved our lives. So what I was saying right before is, I know a lot of people came out. For those of you guys who didn't make it out that are in the area, that uh, I, I think you said you met some guy in the street who said he couldn't come to a show, um, go to the comedy bar. It's awesome. And not only is it awesome, but it's like the perfect level for a comedy club because it's not just that like crazy national headliners so many of the people that i love in comedy come through there that don't come through like other places nate craig is gonna i think he was supposed to be here in a couple weeks had to reschedule billy bonnell andrew slater's here next week yeah our buddy andrew slater who we should get back on the show yeah it's been a couple years just like lots of great guys that uh you know and it's in downtown Chicago. It's not like Zanies, which is out of town. It's not like the Improv, which I think is in like Schaumburg, Illinois, or something like that. Downtown Chicago, come to the Comedy Bar. It's awesome. I, I we had the best weekend. Great weekend. Packed shows. Yeah, they, they were, and even last night for a Sunday show, a lot of people came out. So again, thanks to the Comedy Bar. Thanks to all the dirt balls. And guys, when when I get to see you guys and meet you guys and see dirt balls at every show. On, on a serious note, it, it makes me appreciate what Joe and I are doing. Because, dude, there are days where we're like, does anybody give a shit what we have to say? But when we see you guys and we meet you guys, and you guys are so nice and so polite. So turnt. I mean, especially at the, you know, at the live podcast, people chanting. 
people people threatening to stomp you from the crowd. Can we address that you're a cult leader? You know, I, I put that out on social media. Prano leading dirt balls through the streets of downtown Chicago. Then we get to bars. Prano getting groups of dirt balls at once to all chant, fuck Andy Ruther. Yeah, it's kind of great. You are, you're David Koresh, bro. I I take that as a compliment. You should. Yeah. I'll never let that alcohol, tobacco, and firearms burn down, you know, the dirt ball lair. If you said kidnap Ruther to the dirt balls, throw him off the bridge into the Chicago River, they'd do it. Yeah. I think I think somebody would, for sure. I mean, Brad, who came out, has a fucking dirty sports tattoo on his ass. He has a tattoo on his ass that says, stay dirty. So spread it, guys. I, I told Joe, spread spread the dirt ball, the dirt ball wealth around to everybody you know and we really want to do more of these. Yeah. Because it, it's so much fun. I mean, a couple nights we went out after the shows with Dirt Balls. We went out after the live podcast. We went out after the Friday night show. You got all turned on Eds. Oh, I was, you were special Eds. I was I was very uh I was very stoned Friday night. And Saturday, uh I, I came close to having sex with a girl from Bulgaria. Thank God I did not. Yeah. I think you should have. You've been no. a little. You've been a little too thirsty this whole trip. Have I? Yeah, I've been thirsty. You were like, you were looking at your uh, French toast this morning. You're like, French toast is curvy. I like French girls. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're like the guy in the old cartoon. Remember when he sees like, uh, sees Bugs Bunny and thinks he's like a fucking, <laughs> thinks he's like a broiling turkey. You know what I mean? Like you're like, you're just seeing inanimate objects as chicks. You're like, oh fuck that lamppost. She's skinny as shit. I'm like, okay, this is. I've never seen somebody so thirsty. Well, to be fair, we've been gone now almost seven days. Although you've been gone just as long as me, I haven't busted a nut in seven days. You sure? You took a really long shower the other day. I did, but I was shaving. <laughs> I, ha- I have not. I have not taken care of business. And you know, I, I got to have a little respect for my parents, and also where I'm staying here. Come on. I mean, I'm a savage, but am I that big of a savage? I mean, I'm sure you've busted at your parents' house before. Many times. Yeah. Numerous times. Anyway, we should get to some sports. But thank you for respecting Diesel. It would be kind of weird if you were jacking off with a dog and a bow tie and a diaper next to you. Yeah, he's already he's already neurotic enough. Yeah. Uh, the games were yesterday. It was week one. Now, again, we're recording this Monday. So here's how this episode's basically going to go, just to kind of preview it. We're obviously recapping the Chicago trip. We'll go over some games from week one. And then Joe and I are going to record our preview for uh, week week two two. and make the picks. But that'll be after these games tonight play out. When you'll be in Cincinnati, you'll call me. We'll pick week two games and uh, we'll talk about Wrigley, which we're going to tonight. Stoked, man. Yeah. You've never been to Wrigley. I've never been to Wrigley. I've never, I had never been to Guaranteed Rape Field until we went to that. Guaranteed Rape Field. Yeah. So, uh, super excited to go to Wrigley tonight. Yeah, I am too. I check another ballpark off my list. I'm down. I'm like well over halfway at this point of the of the current ballparks. I started counting mine the other day. I think I'm up to, I believe it was eleven or twelve of ballparks you've been to out of the thirty ballparks. So I I have a ways to go. About a third through. After tonight, I'll have fourteen left. Like I have, I'm exactly halfway. After tonight, I'll have fourteen left. Tampa, Atlanta, Washington, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Midwest is just fucking all over this. Arizona, 
Toronto, which I've been to, but I've never been to a Blue Jays. I've been in the Sky Dome, but never been to a Blue Jays game. Indians, Tigers, KC, Minnesota, Houston, Texas. See, you've knocked. You have a lot that I don't have, and I have a lot that you don't have. Yeah, I have most. I have almost the entire West, except for uh, Arizona, which I've missed the last two years because of scheduling conflicts. And I have most of the East Coast, except for Washington and Atlanta. See that? So everything in the middle. Yeah, that's Tampa Bay. That's my big thing is the East Coast. Well, let's recap the games. But before we do that, Joe, I have felt so good all weekend. I packed a ton of clothes, and I packed all my clothes from Flag and Anthem. I've had Flag and Anthem on every show I've done on stage. I've had Flag and Anthem. Last night, I wore my 3D printed Sharks button down, short sleeve button down. Love that. Um, I've literally been, I'm trying to think about it. Yeah, every show I did at the Comedy Bar, head to toe Flag and Anthem. Me too. It's it's, it's just it makes it so easy. So easy. So, so many mix and match combinations. Yeah. And I and I greatly have regretted because obviously it gets windy here. I didn't have my bomber jacket, which I love from Flag and Anthem. I've had my bomber jacket every night. So, Dirtballs, you can look just as good as Prano and myself. If you go to flagandanthem.com, drop promo code DIRTY at checkout, you get 25% off your first order. Once again, that's flagandanthem.com, promo code DIRTY, get you 25% off. And, and I'm going to just continue doing this because I've enjoyed it, even myself. And I know I have a lot of koozies to send out. If you're waiting on a koozie, obviously I'm traveling. I'll send a ton of koozies out. But if you send me a screenshot using the Flag and Anthem promo code, you get some koozies. That's great. And I got to say, I'm excited to go to Wrigley tonight. I'm going to wear, it hasn't gotten cold enough in L.A. for this in a long time, something that you guys should get on Flag and Anthem right now that falls here. It's a flannel with like a hoodie sewn into it oh it's like a button-down flannel with a hood oh it's so great i can't wear that wait to wear that to wrigley tonight it's gonna be perfect i'm gonna be so warm but also cool once again flagandanthem.com promo code dirty for 25 percent off that first order okay so the games yesterday we went again we're here in wicker park we went to a, a bar on division street which is loaded with bars and uh we had all the games playing yeah a lot of games at once and let's just jump into them, what we watched, what we observed. I mean, yesterday was a, a a magical day of football from start to finish. I would say it was one of – actually, I'll just say it. Maybe because I, I have a short-term memory and, and I can't remember shit, but I would say that was the best week one I've ever seen. I mean, just on that quarterback performance yesterday. Yeah. That great quarterback performance yesterday. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, okay. Okay. oh my okay. God, Andy. Okay. You thought I was talking about – I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, his numbers decimated even the great Aaron Rodgers. Five total touchdowns, four passing, one rushing where he ran over a linebacker. It's Fitz magic. 21 completions for over 400 yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick single-handedly ruined suicide pools everywhere. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. Everywhere. Not happy about that. He knocked me out of two Suicide pool. You forgot about that. Fitz magic. Serious question. Go for it. There's a quarterback controversy in Tampa Bay when Jameis Winston returns if they win one more game in those first four weeks, right? Well, depends how he plays. That's uh, Let's... 
I mean, he obviously can't play any better than he did yesterday. One thing's for sure. That is a significantly better game against a playoff team in division. On the road. Than, on the road. Then Jameis Winston has played against any team in his NFL career ever. And possibly, I'm going to go ahead and say it, possibly his college career. Did he ever have a five total touchdown game? Well, look, man. I don't think, yeah, I was going to say. Jameis Winston has never, to my knowledge, had a game like that. I Certainly agree. not in the NFL. No. Not in the NFL. I mean, he might have against like a, a garbage team at Florida State you know, when they had a cupcake game. I don't know. But I got to give your boy some credit. Again, on the road against a team that I believe won 12 games last year. If he plays just good the next few games, fuck yeah, there's a quarterback controversy. Do you do you think there's ever been another, in your opinion, mediocre quarterback that has had a game like that in NFL history? I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers. <laughs> I mean, you get mad. You know, Joe and I, Joe and I have had, by the way, we've had so many heated discussions. It's the same shit. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's Russell Wilson. We have, we've terrified these dogs. Yeah. We've been screaming at each other multiple times. We got into each other's faces again about Russell Wilson. Because it's interesting. We're in, in a way, Russell Wilson country just because a lot of these people are from Wisconsin. Yeah. So they do have a connection to it. Well, again, to me, it's like, I think you take some of these conversations the wrong way. Like, you take, because I'm arguing that he's not fucking a top five quarterback in the NFL, that that some, means for some reason that I don't like Russell Wilson or don't think he's good, which is not the, fa- the case. You also take it that by me saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback because he's been in the league 14 years and he's capable of doing this against playoff teams when he's a backup for, you know, every team he goes to, he's a backup. He upends the fucking starter or the starter gets hurt. He takes over and he plays well. It's like, yeah, that's what being a good quarterback does. That There's a reason he's around. That doesn't mean I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's better than Russell Wilson. It just means I think the way everybody loves to in their minds, compartmentalize these quarterbacks. These guys are great. These guys are good. These guys are mediocre. These guys are bad. It's like, you know what bad quarterbacks do? They don't last in the NFL. And if they do, it's some sort of nonsensical, Who the why the fuck does this person still exist in the NFL? And like, for example, somebody came at us on uh, YouTube, you told me. Just a couple days ago, and was like, oh, Joe says Ryan Fitzpatrick's good because he's been in the league 14 years. But meanwhile, he's been on multiple teams, and then he shits on Sam Bradford for being on multiple teams. Sam Bradford is only still in the NFL because he was the first overall pick. And teams keep taking a shot thinking maybe it was the wrong situation. Ryan Fitzpatrick's in the league because... He never was even drafted. He's a, you know, he's a fucking what or whatever round he was drafted in. He's like a also ran kind of guy and he's managed to stick around. He had a better game yesterday than Sam Bradford has ever had and will ever have without a doubt. So like comparing Ryan Fitzpatrick and Sam Bradford is a joke. Sam Bradford has failed everywhere he's been. And yeah, did they both play for the Rams? Sure. Not a great team when they both played for them. But Sam Bradford has had chances on the Vikings, which went to the fucking NFC Championship game last year. He had a chance on the Eagles that 
went to this, that won the Super Bowl last year. He's now on the Cardinals, who were on the verge of fucking being a playoff team last year, who could be good, except they have Sam Bradford, and now they fucking can't score any points, and they fucking stink. Sam Bradford is a mediocre quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a level above Sam Bradford. Well, I won't argue with that assessment. And I don't even know if I would call Sam Bradford a mediocre quarterback. He, he's, he's just... He, this is where this whole conversation gets tricky in a way. Injuries, in my opinion. Because we both know and we both appreciate quarterbacks who stay on the field. Agreed? Yeah. So, so my argument for Sam Bradford would be this. He's not mediocre because he can't stay on the field. That makes you a bad. That, that makes you a bad, regardless of position. If you can't stay on the field, there's only 16 games. If you can't stay on the field every year, you're not good. You're, you're worthless. You're dead weight. What are you bringing to the table if you can't stay on the field? I and I understand, and like that's where you also have to just kind of define your levels. To me, you're bad. You don't last. That's why. That's how you judge bad. You're bad. You're you. They've they've taking a look at you and they've said you're bad you have no business here goodbye there now there are bad quarterbacks like brandon whedon you're like what the fuck is he still doing like but not explain to me how brandon whedon exists but not just him i I look at some of these guys that talk about yesterday's games you know blaine gabbert i mean blaine gabbert's a backup okay but he's how long has he been in the league now right but he's always been a backup the only time he wasn't a backup was when racist Chip Kelly benched Colin Kaepernick for him. Yeah. During an anthem fucking thing. Like, and and then still started Kaepernick later anyway. Like, Blaine Gabbert's basically been backup, except when he was drafted by the Jags, and they thought he was good, and they realized quickly he wasn't. He's a backup. Chad Henney's a fucking backup. Matt Castle's a backup. Brandon Whedon is not even good enough to be a backup. Well, how Brandon Whedon exists in the NFL is beyond me. I don't think he's on a team right now. I think he might be. But either way, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the complete opposite of all those guys. He wasn't brought in to start and then became a backup. He's, brought, he's been brought in everywhere to be a backup and then ends up starting. Well, not, not, not everywhere. A lot of places. He signed a big deal. With the Jets. Also with the Bills. The Bills was his big deal. Right. That he got... And the Bills fucking stunk. Yeah, look, we're we're not gonna see eye to eye on everything with. But him. it's the same thing. Like I I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is as good a quarterback as Russell Wilson, but I actually don't think there's a huge gap between the two of them. Okay, well, and I don't, and I think that and I think that Russell Wilson is grossly overrated. And yesterday, to keep on moving on with these games, is a great example. Six sacks, six. He got sacked six times. But again, my, my freak athlete Russell Wilson. But again, my problem always is when we watched a lot of the game. I would say to you, wh- what's he supposed to wh- when when the pocket collapses? What's Diesel senses another discussion? Yeah. He's getting worked. Diesel's out. like, please don't start talking Russell Wilson again. My argument again, we're and we really are beating. Did it. you did you watch? I know you were back here. I'm wondering if you were back here in time. There was a play in last night's Bears-Packers game down the stretch where Trubisky, uh, the pocket broke down and he started to move and Tariq Cohen ended up being wide open. And Chris Collinsworth said, the problem with that play is, yes, 
He used his athleticism to escape. But Tariq Cohen was wide open. He had already put his head down and thought about how to escape as opposed to waiting one more second. That guy suddenly becomes open, and that could have iced the game. That's what Russell Wilson does. He tucks it and and goes into escape mode before potentially that one split second where we saw an Aaron Rodgers last night. Obviously, comparing people to Aaron Rodgers is not fair. He's the greatest. But the last second, Aaron Rodgers, right before he would have potentially had to go, I have to escape. Right before, suddenly, all the ball, everything is moving one way. And then right before he's about to break down, the play, the the movement on the field starts shifting. Randall Cobb becomes open. He flicks his wrist. Ball game. Well, my argument would be, actually, I would like to do this with you one day. Not just Russell Wilson. I've said this about all, a lot of these quarterbacks. I'd like to sit down, watch game film, and say to you, okay, Prano, what's the quarterback, regardless of who it is, supposed to do in some of these situations where I'm talking it's a jailbreak the whole defense is there 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 are certain times the quarterback you'd agree right there are certain times you can't avoid a sack sure you just get sacked. sure but look at the difference just in in sack alone there are times where Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and Drew Brees and some of these guys will just straight up they'll feel it they'll lay down They'll lay down in the pocket. How many? But that's still a sack. Yeah, that's still a sack. But you know what? That's not diesel. That's not what Russell Wilson did multiple times yesterday, where the guys are coming in and he starts running in the wrong direction, and now it's a 14-yard sack or a 16-yard sack, and it doesn't matter what you do on third down because you're not going to pick up all that and you're going to fucking punt. How many times yesterday did you see him turn, run the wrong way, and still get sacked? I saw it happen at least twice. Well, look, when dude, it went for huge losses. I, I always say this with those type of guys. It's the same way Favre was, right? The good come with the bad. Right? It's going to even out. There's going to be times where you're like, oh, shit, like yesterday, where he does spin, boom, 12, 14-yard loss. That fucking sucks. You're not going to get out of that hole, especially on the road against the Broncos. That sucks. There's also going to be times where Russell Wilson breaks out of that, as we've seen in the past. I forget which playoffs it was. And he, he finds the open guy and they score. So my thing is, you're going to take the good with the bad, right? Um, that's, that's just what you get with him. Did he play his best game yesterday? Fuck no. Did he play a bad game? No. I mean, if you look at his number, he played an all right game. I, look, here's the thing. You can, you can slice the numbers however you want. I highly recommend, if you want to value quarterbacks, to immediately disregard quarterback rating is the most broken stat that there ever fucking was. But that's what I don't understand in general when we talk about any quarterback. Because if we look, if we look at quarterbacks, the three, what are we going to evaluate them on? We're going to evaluate them on yards, completion percentages, right? Touchdowns, interceptions, slash turnovers, kind of put those in the same category. And quarterback rating. Like, those are the five things. Yeah, but quarterback rating, is, you shouldn't. It's com- it's a completely broken stat. It values it values the safe play way more than the play 
where you're gonna where you're gonna have a chance for a big play. So, it doesn't take into consideration throwing the ball downfield and having a guy get interfered with, and that's basically a thirty yard completion. It values the check down. Alex Smith led the league in quarterback rating last year. It's very simple. It's a broken fucking. But stat. Alex Smith also but real real people do not value real football minds do not give a single shit about quarterback rating. Well, you say that, but if we also. Yes and no, because if we look at all-time quarterback ratings, the top ones, you know who's number one? Who? I'm, I'm asking. I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming. Steve Young? No, I'm assuming it's it's Brady or Rodgers. So it, 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 to me, I don't understand when you say we're going to disregard this stat when you're like, well, this stat seems pretty real. When and Yeah, if, you t- if, you, if your sample size is the single best of all time. If your sample size goes down, like I said to you in a tweet, and you realize Andy Dalton has a better career quarterback rating than 25 Hall of Famers, then you go, oh, maybe quarterback rating isn't correct. The idea that on any measure at all, you rank Andy Dalton as a better career quarterback than John Elway, you should remove that stat from something you consider. Well, this this was the stat. This was the stat. Highest quarterback rating in NFL history, minimum of 2,500 attempts. So, I don't know. I'm just trying to do the math on 2,500 attempts. Let's say you throw the ball. 25 times a game. That's That's 100 games. That's seven seasons if you play all the games. So, that's a good sample size. Agreed? Seven full NFL seasons. Entering this NFL season, quarterback rating all time. Number one is Aaron Rodgers. Number two is Russell Wilson. Number three is Tom Brady. Number four is Tony Romo. And number five is Steve Young. So my my argument to counter you, Joe, would say this. Three of the top five all time are Hall of Famers, some of the best who've ever played the game. Yeah. Now, you also have Russell Wilson and Tony Romo in there. Romo, who's, who probably won't make the Hall of Fame, and in my opinion, does not deserve it. H- had good numbers, statistically, but probably doesn't deserve it because of, you know, lack of team success which as right. we know and then the 10th highest quarterback rating of all time is Kirk Cousins who's ahead of 100 Hall of Famers but, but hold here, on hold on okay go ahead the 14th highest quarterback rating of all time is Chad Pennington the 15th highest quarterback rating of all time is Matt Schaub the 16th highest quarterback rating of all time is Andy Dalton the 20th ranked quarterback rating of all time is Dante Culpepper 22, Jeff Garcia. 25, Jameis Winston. 27, Ryan Tannehill. 35, Sam Bradford. 33, Jay Cutler. By the way, Trent Green's up there. Where's Brett David Fa- Garrard's up there. Where's Brett Favre? It's great. Let's keep going until we find him. Well, why you Brett do that? Brett Favre, 29. But, but, but again, okay. you go down. Ryan Fitzpatrick is 63. Blake Bortles. John Elway is fucking, you know, in the, in the 60s. What, 73. John Elway is 73. But here's my point, Joe. Here's my point. This is all I want to say about Warren it. Moon is 61. Here's my point. Troy Aikman is 55. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all stat. But here's what I am saying. I'm saying it's one of, like I just pointed, it's one of five significant stats. That's all and I'm, I'm saying. And I'm saying dog shit. Okay, we not disagree. Only, here's why I'll disagree. For two reasons. One, again, any... Evaluation of quarterbacks that ranks Andy Dalton higher than Warren Moon, Jim Kelly, Roger Staubach, Johnny Unitas, 
and John Elway, to me, is that's all, that's all the evidence I need of a broker's that. Two, second major reason, ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, thinks that quarterback rating is so fucking broken, they put together a team of people to come up with a new QB rating system. Because they said, this is so fucking flawed, we're going we're gonna to put together statistical, a group of statisticians to create a better rating system. It's flawed. What does ESPN use? QBR? Yeah, total QBR. Which is still flawed, but they're trying. Well, again, my argument is if this is a stat that's been used forever, whatever. We can agree to disagree. Again, I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but if... It's one of the, again, top five major stats that they've always used from a statistical. We all know we're evaluating many different things when we talk about any athlete. Statistically, some of these guys, yeah, don't win, but they have good numbers. Tony Romo has good numbers for the most part. Right. But, uh, again, you said it yesterday during the game. Russell Wilson threw a fucking pick to end the game. That pick is not the same pick as Another pick. At the end of the year, it's going to be counted. At the end of the year, sure. if, if he has 25 of them, like Eli Manning did the year, he, he had 11 interceptions on drop passes, and you, you still say he had a 25-interception season. They're not all the same. QBR and QB rating evaluates them the same, the same way as they evaluate all those sacks the same. They evaluate the same as dropping down three yards behind the line as they do turning around and running backwards 12 yards. A 12-yard sack and a three-yard sack are the same thing? In what fucking world? It's just confusing. But the point is, I'll go this with Russell Wilson again. The answer for me, the reason I think Russell Wilson is overrated is he, just like Collinsworth said about Trubisky on that last play, he pulls his head down too quickly and is willing to either run or fucking, you know, take a sack. Like, his offensive line hasn't been that bad, and the defense he's playing aren't. Like, yeah, is the Denver Broncos defense really, really good? Of course they are. Is the Jacksonville Jaguars defense really good? Yes. Was Eli Manning under pressure all day yesterday? Without a doubt. But he got sacked twice. And Russ Wilson got sacked six times. Okay. Well, I mean, also, Eli didn't, you know, it's not like Eli had the best game either. He didn't throw a right. touchdown pass. I, I, I just, it's uh, it's not even about Russell Wilson at this point with me. It's I just find it interesting that if we, if we, we both, I think, would agree, we care about completion percentage, right? I care about the whole thing but, as but a total. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm just asking you. When we look at a quarterback, we're just talking about evaluating anybody. We're going to evaluate completion percentage. But, hold on, but you're but you're, you're but you're taking all this stuff in a vacuum. No, I'm not. I don't care what Alex Smith's completion percentage is when he doesn't try to throw the ball downfield into pressure ever. I know, but hold on, let me finish, dude. Can I finish? Can I finish? I'm just saying, most people, Joe, ninety percent of the people okay. when they look at quarterbacks are going to evaluate completion percentage, touchdowns, interceptions, turnovers, team wins, all those things. Basically, all those things are part of the formula for quarterback rating minus team wins. Okay, so let me That's ask all you, I'm saying. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. If that would be how you or the average person evaluates a quarterback, do you see the discrepancy between you doing it and the people who have spent a lifetime in football doing it, who make six figures doing it, looking at Alex Smith and saying he, he rates high in all of those things? Sure. And he is now on to his third team. But but he really doesn't. If you look at Alex Smith's career, he's actually a great example to bring up with the quarterback rating system. He doesn't throw for many touchdowns. 
So that doesn't help his quarterback rating puts a high emphasis on touchdowns thrown. Alex Smith, if you look at his numbers, doesn't. High completion percentage. But, high quarterback but, but, rating. But again, those are part of it. He's low not, interceptions. Alex, so you're, but that's what I'm saying. You're saying you're saying if you look at all that, and you're going to continue to have QB rating as one of the five, or you're going to com- use completion percentage as one of the five. If he ranks high on four out of the five, he just doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns because there was a time where he was playing with Kansas City and his best receiver was fucking, you know, Dwayne Bow or whatever, and they went a whole year without throwing a touchdown to a wide receiver. He started throwing touchdowns to wide receivers last year, didn't he? But we would argue, or I think we'd both agree. When we're, you can't look at these stats in a vacuum. I agree, but, but when we look at quarterbacks, the most emphasis we're going to put on quarterbacks, right, is touchdown passes. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean. I, I'm just saying Alex Smith came into the league in 2005. He's only thrown 20 or more touchdowns three times. Since 2005. So, again, my argument with Alex Smith is, yeah, he does have those high those high numbers in some of those categories. He's only thrown 20 touchdowns or more in a season three times since 2005. So, that's, that's the knock on him. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that's fine. And can I say then the knock on Russell Wilson is how often he gets sacked for being one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL and that, he, that his stats, just like Alex Smith's, who across the board are great except for maybe one or two categories, should be taken with a grain of salt? And that Alex Smith and Russell Wilson probably aren't that different of a quarterback? Well, I, I would completely disagree there once again because we're just— we're... Well, one of them led the league in quarterback rating last year. Well, again, one of them led their team to a division win and the playoffs. Well, again, one of them also throws way more touchdown passes. Right. But I'm, saying, but I'm saying we're going back and forth here. You're just cherry picking which stats you like and which stats you don't like. I'm saying don't t- don't judge any of these guys on their stats in a vacuum. Then what are we? Ju- I'm confused by that statement. The, you have to take all of this stuff and put it with the fucking eye test. Does Brett Favre throw a lot of picks? Yeah, but he was a fucking cowboy. The reason that those, the reason that Brett Favre existed as a quarterback is because he made some of those throws. And the and with trying to make some of those throws comes fucking interceptions. Sure, that's why Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time in my opinion because he makes those throws and doesn't throw the interceptions. We've seen the stat all over the place today, or the quote all over the place today of Tom Brady saying. If Aaron Rodgers played in a system that made it easy for wide receivers to get open in a scheme, he'd throw for 7,000 yards every year because he's more talented than me. He gets it. Tom Brady is not a system quarterback. He's the perfect quarterback for his system. Belichick found a guy that works in his genius system. Joe Montana and fucking Bill Walsh. It, like, it all has to go together. Okay, Peyton Manning, what he was able to do in Indianapolis was take a dog shit team, become the offensive coordinator on the field and make them a contender every year. And then he gets hurt and they're fucking dog shit. That's completely different. And then, oh, we found a team with a great defense and some weapons. Why don't you set some offensive TD records, even though you can't throw the ball more than 20 yards downfield? That's why he's up there as one of the greatest of all time. John Elway, all the fucking athleticism, all that freak shit he was able to do on the field. Cannon arm. He was mobile. Leadership. All that. 
But his quarterback rating's low? Why? Because he was doing it in fucking Denver. He was when when you are so good that you're the top pick, you're on a shit team. It's great to be the best thing that ever happened to Aaron Rodgers is getting picked 14th or whatever he did. The best uh, thing that ever He was actually in the late 20s. Yeah. The best thing that ever happened to fucking Ben Roethlisberger was not going to the Chargers or the Giants, but being the third one of that group to fall. It might end up being what happens with Josh Rosen. The best quarterback in this class might be the guy who got to go to fucking Arizona and sit and watch Sam Bradford take a hot dump for fucking eight weeks and then come in and learn. The best thing that happened to Jimmy Garoppolo might be that he sat behind Tom Brady and then went to a team that's building itself. The worst thing that happened in fucking ever might be that Baker Mayfield went to the Browns and, and Sam Darnold went to the Jets. It's situational as well. So that's why you can't look at any of this stuff in a vacuum. I'm just saying we've argued a lot about Russell Wilson and we're knee deep in a quarterback cons- uh conversation right now and i've said this last year i might have to do it again i might just have to like go a fucking deep i might have to do like a 30 part youtube series where i'm explain my quarterback rankings one person at a time but the situation when you consider russell wilson's outside of the vacuum of his stats is a lot of people think he's as good as anybody in football because he won a fucking Super Bowl. Well, he won a fucking Super Bowl with the best running back in the league, the best running offense in the league, and the single best defense we've seen in a really long time. And now his contract and the Sports Illustrated report that his fucking teammates hate him have pulled apart this franchise. Well, look, a few of those things are arguable. To say that Marshawn Lynch was the best running back. For that window? That's not really that arguable. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Okay. But that's a whole other discussion. Um, it, but no, I, I find I think this is a good discussion because it's not just about him. It's about quarterbacks and, and where you and I come across as far as how we view and rate quarterbacks. But I think we can agree, obviously, most people should at this point, what Aaron Rodgers did last night and where he's at, especially to play on one leg, is unbelievable to watch it's fun to watch and i said it last night when i got back from the comedy club you you stayed out i my my ass was on fire i had to come back here and take a shit anyway i said to guy on couch when we came back they're down 20 to 3 at this point you know he's diehard packers fan he's stressed out i said dude rogers is in the game he's lebron james guys we all need to just accept this at this point aaron Rodgers is lebron james which basically means if he's on the field I don't give a shit what the score is. Your team has a chance. So that 20-3 to didn't mean anything to me. And if he's on the better team, he's going to win. And if he's on slightly a worse team, he'll probably win. And if he's on the significantly worse team, he might lose. And then, you know, it's not really his fucking fault. Yeah. Unbelievable what he did in the second half. And I've said the greatest of all time. He's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. From all the things together... Putting it all together, I think he's the greatest quarterback I've ever I've ever seen. And, you know, the only guys up there for me, obviously, you can't really argue with Brady's resume in terms of all the championships and stuff like that. But when Brady's saying it about Rodgers, you know that's got to mean something. And then again, like I said about Peyton Manning, I mean, just what he was able to do from the mental aspect of the game, and which to me was proven by what he was able to do when his body fell apart. He's up there. And then just like, you know, Rodgers has the 
all that stuff that Elway had, but he has the fucking he has. I think he has an advanced mental aspect of the game. He's doing it on the next level, and I'm not saying because he's smart or whatever, but he's just. It's just the next evolution. You, you know, the quarterbacks now have to be that guy, the great ones. And again, to go back to your boy, I think that is a tier that you. I put guys in a certain tier based on that alone. And then it's hard to crack that unless you show me you're a guy at the line or you're a guy that from the mental aspect of the game. Because, I mean, even Tug Cooker asked me, what are you judging your quarterback on first? I'm starting first with their brain. And then everything else. Aaron Rodgers right up there with a lot of those guys, and just his ability to throw on the run. The I mean, his ability to with throw the ball downfield with ease. Well, well, that's put the, the ball thing. in space. That's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. I was saying last night during the game, if you watch him again, I want to keep drawing the comparison to LeBron James. When you when you watch Aaron Rodgers, it's so effortless. It really is that that dime pass he did. In the corner of the end zone to uh, Devontae Adams, he just makes it look so easy. It's like LeBron on the fast break yeah. when he dishes to somebody or makes a move where it looks so easy, yet it's such a... I'm telling you, I don't think people appreciate it, and I know you're like, get off his dick, But and, and Collinsworth, of course, was all over him, but guys, he makes it look so easy on one leg. Uh, and it's fun to watch, and that was a great game to watch. But on the other end, from the Bears' side, uh, I want to say— They won the Khalil Mack trade. It's official. Yeah, exactly. It's official. This is not a This is not a uh, trade that we're going to be breaking down for years to come. Herschel Walker for all these number one picks or, you know— f- like trades we've seen in other sports. Obviously, trades don't happen all that much in football, but— this is not going to be one that we're breaking down from years to come. Who ended up benefiting? Were the Lakers getting power? You know, the Memphis getting uh, Marcus all, and that changed their. It's like this is not one we're going to break down. the The Bears won. The Bears in one half had a guy strip sack, recovers the fumble, interception, runs it back for a touchdown, and what was I think the guy who got the hit on Rodgers that was the one that fucking took him out of the game. I believe the stat of the the forced fumble, fumble recovery, interception, and pick six. I, I could be wrong on this, but I thought I saw it said no one has done that since 1981. In a, in the first half, in, in in any half. Then the other thing was they showed four guys who have done it in whatever time, and it was Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, Brian Url- Urlacher, and Charles Woodson. So he's already done it twice. All time greats. Yeah. Yeah, man. Game changer. And let's not forget, he was traded a week ago. He, he, doesn't, he probably doesn't even know half the defensive schemes for the Bears. But here's what I want to say about the Bears after watching that game. Trubisky, it looks like now, now that you have a game changer on defense, dude, you got to step it up, man. You, like, he's going to... You know, last year was kind of like your growing pains year. But last night, I know it's a big rivalry game. I know it's on the road. But there's a couple passes. And to be honest, the whole fourth quarter, he didn't play that. Like, you you got to just – he doesn't have to play great. I think for the Bears, like, to win last night's game, just play decent. And I, and 
he really wasn't doing that towards the end. I mean, they didn't score. I, I don't think in the second half or whatever. They didn't score till you know, except for early in the second half. Well, they only scored three points. They didn't score a touchdown the second yeah, half. Yeah, like that alone. I get it. And then there's also the uh, you know, there's also the playing not to lose thing, which we saw a little bit of. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers was a force of nature when he came back into that game. And so you got to give a lot of credit to them. You got to give credit to the Bears for getting up that big and knocking them out. And it's a good start. That's It's a really good sign for the Bears. But I agree with you. And uh, Trubisky has to be better. He, he was better last night than he had been at all last year. Sure. He just has to keep doing that. But Collinsworth, again, that one play we're talking about, it's like, oh, he, he put his head down. I know they like, I know they ran a sweep with him at one point. I know they were like designed running with him. And that's great, but and I know that like to go back to your boy, Pete Carroll would do that with Russell Wilson a little bit back in the early days. The the thing that you have to be careful of is then getting him in a mindset where, oh, I can make a play with my legs. So why not just do that when we saw on that one play specifically, Tariq, Tariq Cohen came open just like Randall Cobb came open. And it could have gone, could have been the fucking, could have iced the game. And his head's already down and he's already trying to find a lane to run through to pick up a couple yards. You just got to stay ready to throw the ball. Easier said than done. I never played quarterback. But, you know, a lot of people, to, to kind of wrap up this quarterback thing, a lot of people have been critical of sort of the um, exaggerated stats that have come in the last 15 years, give or take. A lot of people saying, well, the game's different now. So uh, the ball gets thrown that much more. That's why Drew Brees and Eli and Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger and these guys are all top 10 all-time in statistics. And maybe they're not. You know, obviously the Brady's and the Rodgers and the Peyton Manning's are there, but some of these other guys, maybe their stats are inflated. And I'm going to say this: I think that that was a golden era of quarterbacks, and I don't believe that going forward, quarterbacks are going to match those totals. And here's why: because the way that quarterbacks are being used athletically puts them in a more dangerous position. The idea that Deshaun Watson is going to break. You know, Philip Rivers' all-time career passing yards, to me, I say, is he more talented? Maybe. Could he do it? Maybe. But you're also putting him in a position where he's more likely to get hurt. You're putting Carson Wentz in a position where he's more likely to get hurt. You're putting Cam Newton in a position where he's more likely to get hurt. You're putting Russell Wilson. That takes a tear on you. It, it, it puts wear and tear on your body to be taking hits when you're running around. Mr. Trubisky is a... What was he? The number two overall pick for the Bears? Was he that high? He's I think top, he's top five. Top five, uh, and he's in his second year. And you're designing runs for him. Yeah, it gives you a good shot to win. But what does that do for his long term health? And what does that do for his long term ability to be the Bears' quarterback? Well, you've identified. Well, that, I don't think. I don't think these teams and these GMs and the. They don't care because that's the point. The quarterback position is evolving where they are using the quarterbacks more to run. But the Packers even do it with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're not designing run plays. But again, the great thing about Rodgers is how under control it always is. How often do you see Aaron Rodgers like juking a guy? You see Aaron Rodgers sprinting for the sideline. How many, how many uh, on Aaron Rodgers' run plays? 
where he break where he crosses the line of scrimmage, how often do you think he's actually hit? Would I don't know. You, would you say under twenty percent? With slides and running out of bounds? I couldn't tell you. I I would say under twenty percent. That seems very low, though. I, I I I was I was tempted to go lower. The amount of times he runs straight for the sideline, the amount of times he runs and slides before taking a hit. I'm not disagreeing. That's different than Mitchell Trubisky running he, off tackle or Cam Newton running off tackle. Well, for sure. But again, I, I, I think nowadays, I agree with you to the extent of the golden age of the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's and these guys that last 15 plus years. I just think it's over. I, I think the franchise quarterback now, you're happy if you get 10 years out of the guy. The same and, player. And you, and you want to get a Super Bowl out of him. And you run him into the ground and, it, and Super Bowl or bust and it's all that matters. And... Maybe that's the way you've got to do it because maybe that's the way you've got to do it because if you just put a guy back there and you try to pr- try to protect him at all costs every year, he's going to get beat by a Cam Newton or a Russell Wilson or a Carson Wentz or uh, Deshaun Watson. Sure, maybe the upside for that. But then when you look at the overall long-term health and benefit to your team, wins over the course of 10 years – I don't know if the best play is not to have a Tom Brady type. Well, I guess we'll figure that out, but let's get through. There's a ton of games. Yeah, let's crush them. Let's get through. Let's get through the game I really want to talk about. Browns Steelers. Daisy. Relax, girl. Chill out. Uh Brown Steelers. The tie. Browns I- undefeated. After week one. So again, we were we were at a bar. They had all the games on. That was without a doubt the game I watched the most. Yeah. The Brown Steelers. You were loving the Brown Steelers. I was really enjoying Because it was such a shit show. And I'll be honest. I really found myself rooting against the Browns. But then as the game got towards the end, what did I say I wanted? Even you before, wanted to tie. Yeah. Even, even for overtime. The whole bar is rooting for the Browns. I said, I want a tie. Except I want for me. Tie. I was rooting for the Steelers. Yeah. I even tweeted. Yeah. I want a tie. I want a tie. And uh, Cleveland ain't winning seven games. Guys, if, if you watch that game, unless Baker Mayfield does something unbelievable, because if you watch that game. But I, I think a game like that, it, it hurts their cause because they're more likely to stick with Tyrod Taylor. And then it's just going to be further along in the season until Baker Mayfield comes in. And then, you know, the. There, the chances that Baker Mayf- Baker Mayfield's going to get to play this year when because they're losing games. Let, let me so unless he comes in and does a Jimmy Garoppolo, guys. The Steelers had, or I'm sorry, the Browns were plus five in takeaways, plus five. They still lost at home. They lost because, uh, amongst other things. The, the only reason they were plus five and not plus six is Tyrod Taylor threw one of the most garbage interceptions I've ever seen. Tyrod Taylor's final stat line, 15 of 40. 15 of 40? 197 40%? yards. 40%? 197 yards. He entered the fourth quarter. Entering the fourth quarter, I remember seeing this stat watching the game yesterday. Entering the fourth quarter, he had 99 passing yards. Guys, he has weapons. I mean, Jarvis Landry led the NFL in receptions last year. I know Josh Gordon isn't the old Josh Gordon, but 
You still have him. You still have the, that tight. I'm just saying, you have some weapons. Tyrod Taylor, I, I watched the whole game yesterday. And Prano's right. He's not going to, dude, he's not going to win you games. Now, does Baker Mayfield win you yesterday's game? I don't know. Now, the argument on the other side would be like, we were fighting the underdogs to the Steelers in week one. They went to the fucking, you know, they went to the playoffs. They won the division, and we, we played them to a tie. And my argument back to you is, how much better can you guys play and you didn't win the game? The Browns' defense is going to be fine. I think we've seen that. But we've also seen Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, is this this a thing now that every year he has two games where he just takes a hot shit on the field? Well, that's another good thing I wanted to talk about. Ben Roethlisberger looked awful yesterday. He didn't just look bad. He looked awful. And, and, And this isn't taking anything away from Cleveland's defense. He had some passes. I mean, a lot. Where I was just blinking guy me. And I get it. It's raining. But he looked it, it, it was certainly a signature Ben Roethlisberger hot shit game. Played terrible. Absolutely terrible. But again, Prano's right. I agree with him. Guys, if you're a Cleveland fan, the only like silver lining you can take away from this is your defense played well. You're not winning. You're not winning seven. You're just not. You're With Tyrod Taylor, again, you can't have seven points off five fucking takeaways. You just can't. You're not going to win games. You have another game. And you know what? And Here's what else I'll say. Here's why else they're not going to win seven games. We joked about it on the internet, but it was alive and well in the bar where all the people were rooting for the Browns. And I imagine with Hugh Jackson on the sideline, the way that fucking dude looked on hard knocks, it's alive and well in their locker room. The attitude was, we didn't lose. I heard somebody say that. I tweeted it because I heard somebody say, we didn't lose. The stat was, best start since 2013. You guys, it's not about you not losing. You play to win the game. Can you imagine if Herm Edwards is like, you play to not lose the game. No, that's not why you play. You play to win the game. You, they didn't play to win the game, and they didn't win the game. And the attitude is almost like you got half a win, but you didn't get you didn't. half a win. You didn't. Plain and simple. And again, if you're a Browns fan, look at that division. I'm not saying it's the, it's not the best the best division in in the NFL, but you still have now. You have to win that game because now the Browns say, okay, we have to go to Pittsburgh. We have two games with Baltimore, who. Looked amazing yesterday. Beat the shit out of the Bills. You have two games against... Let's give a little credit to the Bills being awful. Okay, true. Shout out to Bills fans. I mean, the table's better be on fire. And honestly, covered in razor blades at this point. Because, (laughs) Jesus. And also, they should be above a bathtub. So that when you go through the razor blades, you land in a bathtub and you die. And beneath that bathtub is the Niagara Falls. So if you somehow don't die there, you die fine. Can't say it. Falling into Niagara Falls. The Bills, Joe and I both agreed on this, are going to be, I'm going to say this right now, the worst team in the NFL. Do we agree on that? Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I think they will be. I said, I said before, I think that this is going to be a year a lot like when the Giants got drafted Eli, where there was like a bunch of teams that were four win teams. And I think it's going to be them and the 
Cardinals and the who else is going to be awful that I said uh, in that. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be really, really bad. Um, I don't know if it'll be quite on that level. And honestly, the fucking Browns. Nathan Peterman. Shout out to our boy, he who will not be named, though. Loves the Bills. Loves Tyrod Taylor. Tough day for him. Also tweeted yesterday, my shockers of this NFL season, Winston is the stud we thought he was last year. <laughs> so, uh, going to get benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tyrod Taylor embarrassed himself yesterday. The Bills literally embarrassed an entire city and maybe an entire region of the country. Tough day for old Memphis Grizzlies are going to be the champs. He who shall not be named. Hope it's hope the weather's nice out there in Hawaii. I got to read this stat line because it's amazingly awful. Josh Allen and Nathan Peterman combined 11 of 33 for 70 yards, <laughs> two, two interceptions. That's amazing. 11 of 33. Nathan Peterman was 5 of 18 for 24 yards and two picks. I'm just, I'm just trying to— If like, only they had Ryan Fitzpatrick still. I'm just trying to understand this situation in Buffalo. They go 9-7 and seven last year. Again, neither of us are Tyrod Taylor fans, but you still go 9-7. and seven. He's your starting quarterback. You trade him. You pick up McCarron, who has an awful preseason. You draft Josh Allen. Peterman, like ever. This is, this, is this is why the preseason, I, I just, I, you can't put any fucking stake in it. Well, he earned the job. Everyone's saying Nathan Peterman earned the starting position. Maybe he did in preseason. But it's it's like their coach forgot what he did against the San Diego Chargers last year in the one game he started when well, he threw five oh, of picks. Of course, you, you got, I mean, San Diego Chargers were on the up and up. He comes in, his first NFL start. Yeah, look, it, was it the worst fucking game ever? Absolutely. I don't, I don't. I take that and I throw it out the window. But you had the whole preseason. It's just like last year, and I can't wait to tr- use this as a segue into their game. But it's just like last year, Bill O'Brien had the whole preseason and started Tom Savage. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. You know what it is? You know what it is? A.J. McCarron at least has experience in the NFL. He, played a, maybe he, he started was, a playoff game. Maybe he was bad. He started a playoff game that he almost won. But how bad could he be? How much bad? How much worse could he have been yesterday? That's a, that's a good question. This is what I think these, these coaches, and I'm glad you brought up Bill O'Brien because we can talk about that game now if you want. I think these coaches, it's like anything in life. You got to take chances, people. Whether it's in a relationship, with a job, moving somewhere. It's they're scared to take chances. They're scared. Now, I'll give... Who, who's who's Buffalo's coach? McDermott? Doug, yeah. I was going to say Doug Marone, but it's not. It's I think, I'll give McDermott credit for having the balls to start... Peterman because he knew Tyrod Taylor couldn't win them a playoff game last year. And I think we both agreed on that. I'll give him credit because he did take a chance. Again, it's about taking chances. He did take a chance. Now it failed miserably. But hey, you took a chance. Right. But now you're going back to that guy who failed miserably. Dude, just let... If you have Josh Allen there, just let him eat shit. 
You know Nathan Peterman's not your quarterback of the future. Buffalo wins two games this year. Against who? I don't know their schedule. Right. But with the way they looked, I mean, I... Do they play Cleveland? <laughs> I, I, I said, uh, you know, keep your eye on, on Baltimore. I think they'll be better than people think they're, they're going to be. But 50 points... 47 to 3. It was 30 to nothing at one point. Yeah. I don't know. You're going to be bad. Uh, we, like I said, segue into Bill O'Brien. Uh, the great Bill O'Brien uh, had a Bill O'Brien moment yesterday. First of all, he's now 0 5 against the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Not saying that he should beat Bill Belichick uh, and the Patriots, but. I mean, this is your this is the guy you coached under. You'd think every once in a while you'd be able to fucking steal one from him. I mean, we remember the fucking man genius Belichick days. You know, we remember like the Rex Ryan Belichick rivalry. Like every once in a while, a guy who knows Bill Belichick really well gets Bill Belichick. We obviously know Tom Coughlin got Bill Belichick two two big ones, um, but oh, Bill O'Brien is no. Tom Coughlin. He's no, I don't know who he is, but uh, late in the second quarter yesterday, it's still a game. 14 6 New England. They're driving down the field, less than two minutes left. Ball thrown to Gronk. Gronk maybe makes a catch. Everybody arguing on the Texans. He did not catch it. He did not catch it. He did not catch it. Jim Nance telling. On the broadcast, Bill O'Brien, it's under two minutes. They, they're they only going to review it if they have time to review it. Bill O'Brien should call a timeout to give them a chance to review it. He did not call a timeout. It was clearly not a catch. They rule it a catch. Patriots go down and go up 21-6 on a touchdown before the half, and that's basically it. They tried to come back. They got within a touchdown, but they couldn't do it. And that Bill O'Brien boob call, he says... This is the worst part. This is Bill O'Brien in the press conference after. It's not my job to do that. It's not my job to call a timeout to make their the officials' job easier. Except it is your job. It is your job. How how is an NFL coach do you not know that? And Jim Nance as a broadcaster does know that. It is your job. It's a hundred percent your job. Whose job is it? You know what that. I don't get that. It's like reverse Andy Reid. Instead of using the timeouts, he doesn't want to use them. Yeah. For what? What was he saving them for? I don't know. But you are a fucking moron. And Bill O'Brien. Coaches all the time call timeouts for that exact reason. Yeah. And I actually think the Texans are on the up and up. I think the Deshaun Watson is going to be good, really good. I think him having Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, two legit freak athlete deep threats, and the way he's able to get outside the pocket and let the ball fly downfield, I think when he gets you know a hang of playing in the NFL a little bit more, gets a little bit more experience with those guys. I mean, for God's sakes, he only played like four games last year. I think he's going to be, you know, very, very good. Bill O'Brien is suspect as fuck. How many years am I going to say this in a row? Where do you put Super Bowl or bust is the rule in the NFL. 
I always say this about quarterbacks. First and foremost, the first question I ask, could this guy with the perfect team around him win a Super Bowl? If the answer is no, get him the fuck out of here. Sam Bradford, I don't care if he's on the 85 Bears, ain't a Super Bowl winner. Is Case Keenum a Super Bowl winner on the 85 Bears? Maybe. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick a Super Bowl winner on the 85 Bears? Yes, in my opinion. All you have to do is not fuck it up. That's the same question you have to ask about your head coach. Give them all the talent. Are they competent enough to win the Super Bowl? Is every coach that ever won a Super Bowl a fucking genius? No. Some of them were really good coaches with really great talent. Bill O'Brien is a fucking boob. The end. The sooner the Texans figure it out, the better off they'll be. It, I don't care if Hugh Jackson had the 18-0 fucking Patriots. I don't care if Hugh Jackson had the AFC fucking Pro Bowl team. The dude ain't winning a Super Bowl. So get him the fuck out of there. Yeah. Is Mike McCarthy a great coach? No, he's not. I'll go ahead and say this. Is Mike Tomlin a great coach? I don't think so. But they had ridiculous teams, and they're not complete and total boobs. Mike McCarthy is a borderline total boob, but he has the greatest of all time. But I don't believe Bill O'Brien has the ability. Well, let's move on. Let's get let's rattle through some of these games. Jags Giants. That was a fucking heartbreaker. It was weird because we're at the bar. Prano's looking at his phone for a second. That's when the fumble happened. And I'm like, what? Literally, what the fuck happened? Because Guy on couch goes, "Oh my god!" And we both looked at each other because you weren't looking that you weren't looking up, and none of us said. I'm just like waiting for them at a punt. I'm assuming that. I'm also assuming because of the situation in the game. We're not. Tr- who gives a single fuck if we get a if we get one return yard? That is not the goal here. The goal here is to not fumble. They're getting the ball back in a def- decent field position. Decent, not great, but decent. Sure, there's only 40 seconds left. You have no timeouts, but you got a lot of options with Odell Beckham as a wide receiver and Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield for guys that you can get the ball quickly and can do a lot of damage with their feet alone. Do I love our chances in that situation? No, I do not. Do I like our chances in that situation? Meh. Am I okay with our chances? Absolutely. And the guy muffs a punt? Talk about something I refuse to understand that coaches don't do on every team. Why, if if you have Odell Beckham, is he not running back that punt? I don't want him to run it back. Just catch it. If there's one You're thing- saying put your... Put your receiver with the best hands back Just to the your field. most competent guy. If you're the Steelers, that's Antonio Brown. If you're the Giants, that's Odell Beckham. If you're the Patriots back in the day, that's fucking Edelman or, or Welker. Welker. Some guy that you know, I don't give a fuck what happens here. I just need you not to muff this punt. That's my fucking guy. I know he takes reps in practice at punt returner. I know he does. 
Why is he not back there to make a fair catch? The dude could make a fucking fair catch with his fair catch hand in the air just catching the ball with his other hand. I've seen him fucking do it. We've got some guy back there with how many games of experience and he muffs it. Now, should the, against a team that went to the AFC Championship game last year uh, against a team with that defense, did the Giants do some really good things? Yes. Did the Giants do, have some suspect moments, including especially Eric Flowers, our right tackle, who should be actually shot and dragged off a field? He's like a horse that broke his leg during the fucking Kentucky Derby. What is he? Shoot him and put a blanket over him and drag him off the field already. This guy's fucking useless. This guy's going to get somebody else hurt. He's like a drunk driver. He's dangerous just being out there. It's like we're watching fucking kids, uh, you know, uh, ice skate at Rockefeller Center. And this guy's driving a Zamboni around. Like, get this dude off the fucking field. He's going to get Eli Manning killed. Uh, or that fine young running back you have. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of I, – I can take – I don't believe in moral victories in the NFL. You have to win the game. We were in a position to win the game. But there are things from that game that I take away that are a positive. Um, but there's also negatives. Like, what the fuck is that punt returner doing back there? Why is Eric Flowers still on the field? Giants defense played pretty well. Uh, especially in the second half. Giants offense what, didn't score a touchdown, but against Jalen Ramsey... Well, Saquon Barkley did. What's that? Right. The, uh, Eli Manning did not throw for touchdowns. Yeah. Saquon Barkley obviously had the huge run. He was pretty much bottled up the whole game and then had that huge run, but that's kind of what it's all you w- need. we're expecting from Saquon Barkley. That's a game changer. And... Odell Beckham goes over 100 yards against Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, I think... They're feeding him the ball, dude. 15 targets. Yeah. 15 targets, even with, you know, quote-unquote, the best corner. Like, that to me is the difference between Shermer and McAdoo. They were lining him up in different spots. They were, you know, running the little pick plays for him. They're running him out of the bunch. They're running him out of the... You know, they're running him just off the slot. They're running him out of the backfield. That's what you got to do. Adam Thielen's not the most talented receiver in football. Shermer found a way to get that dude the ball in different situations. And he also had the ability last year of playing with Diggs of being like, who's the guy? Oh, this is their number one guy? Well, then let's start feeding this number two guy. I think their offense is going to work out really nicely the way he manages to get the ball to Beckham. And that I think that'll spring Ingram. I think that'll spring uh, Shepard. They almost had that great fourth down play. I mean, it was a little pick play. Shepard on a, on a little wheel route down the sideline. Now, the guy on Jacksonville made a fantastic play. But uh, a couple, like, I mean, little bounces. Eric Flowers was also the guy blocking on the fucking tipped pass interception. That was pretty much the difference in the game. Because Eric Flowers is a fucking idiot. So, um, some things to take away. You got like, does the Giants' season completely different if they start Week One beating that Jacksonville team? Yes. Am I raising the white flag now that the New York Giants are fucking terrible? No, I'm not. But they got about. They have to come out with that same sort of game plan against the Dallas Cowboys team that doesn't nearly have the Jacksonville defense that doesn't even nearly have the Jacksonville's well-run offense 
and they've just got to beat that Cowboys team. And then I, I don't think Giants fans should be worried at all. If they if they end up one and one, I'm okay. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll live. Well, yeah, Saquon again. I so you don't watch college. I, I watched him a lot last year. He's gonna be a fun guy to watch in the NFL. He's gonna be a game changer like he was yesterday. Once you know, breakaway changes the game. One long run, and uh, you are right about the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to be bad. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I just don't understand if we kind of if we want to kind of move on to that game. I just don't yeah. understand what their off season moves were because they have no one at fucking receiver. I said that I I saw a tweet yesterday. I forget who tweeted it, and it was great. Um, they said, watching this Cowboys game, it's almost like they lost their top wide receiver and top tight end and didn't replace them. (laughs) Now, was Des Bryant their top receiver? I don't think so. But was he certainly like their their most game-changing receiver? They have their most big play potential. And Jason Witten, they lost a fucking first ballot, no doubt, Hall of Famer, maybe the best, maybe the best receiver in the history of the Cowboys. The Witten one's gonna sting. That's gonna really sting, especially for a quarterback like Dak. Yeah, he's not gonna put up huge numbers. He didn't yesterday. He didn't turn the ball over, or he might have had a fumble, but he didn't throw a pick. But he's not. I mean, next week. Basically, what you're saying is this. This is what defenses can do when they face the Cowboys now. We all know how good Ezekiel Elliott is, both running and receiving the ball. But defenses can basically say, okay, all we got to do is stop Zeke. We're going to put seven people in the box, right? Show us you can beat us with your wideouts, with your tight ends. They got eight points yesterday. Yeah. It's not like Carolina has this amazing... I mean, obviously, they have Keekly and they have some pieces, but it's not like they have this amazing defense. I mean, Carolina themselves only put up I 16 mean, points. I next week, and it's, it's, it's a division game. Anything can happen. I think the Giants are more talented than the Cowboys, and I think the Giants should win that game. But that is... I, you know, look at the amount of teams that have started 0-2, especially to a team that... I don't think it's very good. Like that game for both of them is sort of now a must win. It's a must win game for the Giants and the Cowboys. I think if the Cowboys lose, this is the beginning of a disastrous season. For I them. give right now. I give the Cowboys five percent chance of winning that game. Like I have it that low. Wow. I don't. I, mean, g- I give them a much higher percentage. Where's it at? Forty. No, but no, but where's the game at? Sorry, is it in Dallas? Uh, I don't know. I don't even care. I don't even care. Guys, who is Dak Prescott throwing the ball to? Cole Beasley? Cole Beasley is, he's a nice piece. I'm not saying Cole Beasley's bad. He's a nice second or third piece. In Dallas on Sunday night. You mean to tell me? Dallas, by the way, right now, favored by three at home. So basically a push. That's ludicrous to me. That's absolutely ludicrous. Dallas Cowboys have Cole Beasley as their number one wide receiver. That's absurd to me. Again, I'm not saying Cole's bad. Cole's a nice piece. He's not, he's not your number fucking one. I mean... The guy's a rapper. I understand that it was one big run, but 
let's just talk about this. In a game, everybody's got to win. Two running back. Like, who do you give a running back edge in that game? Let's start with the first. Let's start with Dallas's, without a doubt, most strong position. Who has a running back edge in that game? Well, they're very similar running backs. Call it a push? That's what I'm, they're very similar type guys. They're explosive, strong guys. They can run you over. They also have the breakaway speed. Both guys I love. I love Zeke and Saquon Barkley are two guys that I love watching play. You know, it's kind of that that new age. We, we kind of see it now, right, of, of the three down back. Yeah. You didn't see it for so long. I mean, it's pretty close. I'd give it a push. Receivers? I mean, it's not even... It would stop. It's the quarterback? Even, it's not even close. They're all Giants. Defense? I don't know much about Dallas's defense, but the Giants did play pretty well yesterday. I know it's Jacksonville, and I know they didn't have Fournette, but that, that's my point. I would put all my money... I'd be shocked. Hey, it's a division game. I'm a fucking Giants fan. T- to me, Giants at Dallas on Sunday night, like... It just just the history makes it a fucking coin flip. I don't care if Dak goes out. Like God, I don't I don't want to face you know whatever fucking former gym teacher turned quarterback. You know I don't want to face John Kitna in that game as a Giants fan. But one thing is for sure, I think this is a must win for both teams. And I think for the Cowboys and even a little bit for the Giants, starting out zero and two, losing your second game to. A team in your division like this could be a spiral situation. I I would certainly I'm certainly worried as a Giants fan if we don't win that game that this season spirals out of control, and I'd be more sure for it if I was a Dallas fan. If we let the Giants come in after our opening weekend loss and beat us at home on Sunday night, I'm starting to put money on will Jason Garrett get fired. Just to just to make salvage something from the football season. What did you say yesterday when we watched the Cowboys game about Jason Garrett? I said Jones? I think Jason Garrett. This is my this is my theory. Jason Garrett must have pictures of Jerry Jones fucking an Iraqi transgender who's kneeling during the anthem while they burn the American flag. That's the only <laughs> excuse. <laughs> That there is that he's still a coach in the NFL. Talk about a guy. I don't care what your team is. You're not a Super Bowl coach. You're not. And I know Jason Garrett's a super smart guy. And he went to Princeton and blah, 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 blah. He just looks fucking lost. There was a time in the beginning of last year when the Giants came out and they were running the same fucking formation as we ran the whole year before. And I go, we're now in year two of this offense. We only run one formation. Ben McAdoo will never, not if fucking Eli and Peyton fucking have sex with each other and make some sort of super Voltron quarterback and Odell Beckham clones himself and he has four Beckhams, will ever win a Super Bowl. Jason Garrett, congratulations. Welcome to the Bill O'Brien fucking clubhouse with fucking Vice President Hugh Jackson, you are in the you will never win a Super Bowl regardless of your team 
please give Bill O'Brien, please give fucking Ben McAdoo your membership card on your way in. You're a fucking joke. I don't think he's a competent coach. Yeah, I agree. I've said that all along. Jason Garrett, not a good coach. Jason Garrett is like an interim coach who's been on interim for fucking six years. Yeah. He should have a name tag that says interim coach. Yeah. He's like you have a fucking Mercedes and you crash your Mercedes. And they give you the rental. And they give you the fucking, you know, they give you a Honda Accord. Yeah. And then they just go, they just go, we lost your car. Jason like, Garrett. I guess I'm an Accord driver now. Jason Garrett is a Honda Accord. <laughs> yeah. Is a Honda Accord loner. That's going to be the title of this episode. Yeah. Jason Garrett is a Honda Accord loner. Got to give some love to the Kansas City Chiefs. Looked good. Now, this game is a lot closer than it really was. Yeah. I believe they're up 32 to 12 at one point. Rams yeah. haven't played yet, but just seeing that Chiefs alone, I'm starting to think my my initial gut call of Rams Chiefs Super Bowl I was big on the Chargers I don't think the Chargers now it's one game yeah but dude it's in LA dude this is the thing and I know we talked about it at length last year but I have to bring it up again guys we've never in the history I want to say of all of sports ever seen anything like this. They're playing. I know it's not LA. It's in Carson for you, those of you guys who don't know. It's basically LA. It's in LA County. It's in, that's what I was going to say. It's in LA County. It's still not in Orange County. They're playing in greater Los Angeles. Somebody did a tweet. It was a great tweet. They had a picture in the stadium. It was like a where's Waldo. It said, find the Chargers fans. They had a whole side. Not just the away or home side. Shout out. Shaboring. They had a whole side of the stadium, Prano, at the StubHub Center. It said, find the Chargers fan. Now, it's a small stadium. It's like 25,000 people, 30,000 people, whatever it is. Guys, the entire fucking stadium is Chargers fans. Well, here's here's why. I think what that, is the NFL doing? Well, here's why I think this happened. And, Jesus And here's Christ. why I think that this is a disaster, long-term fail by the NFL and by Dean Spanos is in LA. The Rams were in LA before. Yes. The Raiders were in LA before. And we all know there's still Raiders fans hanging around in LA. And we all know Mexicans will be Raiders fans. If the Raiders are playing on the fucking moon, yo fool, like yo fool. I need a rocket ship fool going to the moon fool. Taking that caravan to the lunar sphere, bro. Yo, man, you get a you get a rocket ship that bounces up and down on hydraulics, bro. This is one small step for me and my yo fools. One giant step for Raider Nation, fool. Playing on the fucking moon, yo, man. Get that pirate flag. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna slap the Raiders flag on the moon, man. Move out the way, Lance Armstrong. Moving the way, Luis Gomez. You think the black hole was something in Oakland? Wait until you see it inside a black hole, bro. A black hole in a black hole on the dark side of the moon. Turn down for never. I'll go there even if I don't have oxygen, bro. I'll watch that game and with my eyes popping out like total recall. I don't even care, fool. Raiders for life. We're always going to have Raiders fans in L.A. 
The Rams came back first. The Rams beat the Chargers to L.A. And again, like you said, they have a history. And they were there. And San Diego pissed on their fans. So even if you were a diehard Chargers fan, you're not that far away. Unlike St. Louis Rams fans, like imagine the St. Louis Rams fans that didn't give up. or like, well, it's not like I'm going to L.A. for games. Just like... Oakland Raiders fans will drive to Vegas, just like L.A. Raiders fans were driving to Oakland and will now drive to Vegas. San Diego fans are not coming up to fucking Carson, and they're not going to come up to Englewood because there are no San Diego Chargers fans left. There's guys flying planes over the stadium calling the Chargers out, and they didn't get here first, so... They can't steal just to L.A. like you like you are. I'm just going to be first team that comes to L.A. is my team. So all you're left with, as far as I can tell, is Chargers fans from Orange County that the team just got closer to. What's that? 4,000 people? But again, because probably, honestly, the way Orange County is full of douchebags, Orange County is probably Patriots fans. (laughs) How did they not think this through? Both the NFL and Dean Spanos. So So stupid. So we have one more year at this small soccer stadium. This is actually a great point, Prano. I never thought about this. So when they move into the new stadium in 2020, Obviously, the Rams and Chargers are, are going to be splitting it. It's 65,000 seats. Guys, go put it, in, put it into Twitter. Put it into Google right now. Look at pictures from yesterday's game. Look at pictures from last season's games. Forget? What are they? Ex- 60, well, my point is this real quick. What are they expecting? How many Chargers fans on a weekly basis are going to be in a 65,000-seat stadium? They can't, they can't put 10,000 fans in a 25,000-seat stadium. What the fuck are they thinking? But here's the thing. I just don't think they actually exist. I don't care. Fucking play in a soccer stadium, play in a football stadium, play in the fucking big house. It doesn't matter. Where are these Chargers fans coming from? But that's my point. They're, they don't exist. Dude, when the Chargers... Play. Let's look at their division. When they move into that big stadium and they play the Raiders, obviously we just discussed it. L.A. All Mexicans, that fan base. Broncos, a great fan base. Chiefs fans, a great fan base, which we saw yesterday. When they play those games, none of that stadium is going to be again. Where where are they coming from? And but and a better question: Who's drawing the new fans? 38-year-old Philip Rivers? The last legs of Antonio Gates? Melvin Gordon? Joey, is, Joey Bosa? Is that, our, is that the selling point? Bosa and Gordon? Come out and see Bosa and Gordon and Keenan Allen? I get it. Those guys are all great players. Yeah. But is that where you're getting the new... Like, you know versus what? Goff, Gurley, Donald, Sue, Sue. Akeem Tlaib. I mean, and th- and that is the thing, though. That's the thing that's really not helping their cause. The Rams got good out of nowhere. Beat them here. Got better faster. Are from here. Also, shit all over the 
city that they were came came from, but it wasn't fucking the city that was right here. Fucking uh, Chargers fans fucking hate the Chargers. But we we had them on our show, San, yeah. San Diego sign. The guy. only guys left are the five fucking Chargers fans and Sean Merriman. Right, but that you just talked about the percent chances that the the Giants lose in Dallas. You you said five percent. Vegas has Dallas as a three point favorite. Why? Because it's in Dallas. Yeah, San Diego. Is going to play 16 games on the without road. a legit home field advantage for one game. That's a fucking factor. I would love, and I'm sure it'll be so tough. Are you off the charges already? Dude, I watched that. When we watched that game yesterday, we were flipping through when we got back here. It's like it's like I forgot. It's like I've smoked too much weed or some shit. It's like my short-term memory loss hit me. It's I somehow forgot how much that stadium is full of opposing fans. But but you're right, Prano. That is the point. It's 16 away games. There's no home. There is. Z- I mean, maybe it's not 16 away games, but it's certainly not any home games. I- they're gonna play. They're gonna play 11 or 12 away games, and they're gonna play four neutral site games. I can't imagine what's going through the head of the guys we just talked about. Philip Rivers, Bosa, Gordon, Gates. Philip Rivers still lives in San Diego, so he fucking gets it. But that's my point. I can't imagine. You're about to go on the field to opposing fans. You're sitting in a locker room. You're going out for a Chargers home game, and all you see is red. You're not at Arrowhead Stadium. And and then... Double that down for the fucking teams that come in. Chiefs look fucking great yesterday. Mahomes look great. Chiefs look fucking electric. They're basically playing in front of a home crowd. They score a ton of points. That offense looks fucking exciting. Mahomes, by the way, he threw four touchdowns off 15 completed passes. Yeah. You know what he had, Prano? Very high quarterback rating because of that. Yeah. Tyreek Hill, man. Holy. What was his quarterback rating, by the way? It was 127. I think Fitzpatrick's was 152. Because Mahomes only threw for... This is, why, this is why the quarterback rating's legit, right? He had a better game, so his quarterback rating's higher. Anyway. They have an explosive offense. You, and, you've, and you've been critical of him, but I think we both agree. You've got to give Andy Reid credit. Well... I, of course, I've been critical of Andy Reid, and I'm not critical of Andy Reid's offense by the, any means. But for this decision, I've moved on. Alex Smith, you, you, you're the old girl. I've moved on with the new girl. I love that decision. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I love that decision. Alex Smith, I mean, just the upside alone. I think that they were just waiting for the guy. They got the guy, and they've moved fucking on. And now it's a question of, D's pretty good. Offense is really good. Got this young kid. It's on you, dude. It's on you, fat man. Don't fuck it up. Get a watch. Put down the ribs. Fuck. Hell, get two watches. Go to movement. Get a two-for-one deal. RIP, former sponsor, movement. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's going to be a fun year, though. I'm excited. That's basically week one roundup. We talked about every team. Uh... 
for the most part. Cardinals. We didn't discuss the Cardinals-Redskins Sam Bradford games. sucks at quarterback. The Redskins are going to be okay because Alex Smith will give them some of that stability but probably won't ever win a fucking playoff game with them. I don't know if you heard me laughing last night. We, you know, we're sleeping here in the basement and uh, Brandon's on the couch. I'm, I'm on this massive air mattress. I just started laughing out loud. I didn't watch a play of that game. And I went, I went through all the box scores last night before bed. And I thought that game was in Washington because it was such a blow. I just started laughing out loud. That game was in Arizona. Yeah. Arizona's going to be really, really, really bad. Awful. They're going to be bad. Well, what we'll do is this. We'll pick back up in a couple days. It's going to be a long episode, by the way. How long are we at? One forty. Wow. We're supposed to do a half hour. Football, baby. You know, I love, I mean, we're back. You know me, I got to break down my quarterbacks. I'm going to start, I, now that Gruden's back into the fucking coaching thing, I might just need Joe Prano's quarterback camp. I think we should film something. Yeah. Just me in a little fucking studio. We'll sit down with some quarterbacks. I'll be like, Russell, take me through what happened here. So you get the snap and you just start running backwards? I mean, no spider 2Y banana? Spider 2Y, you're running backwards, buddy. I would like to actually find a spot for real to film Joe Prano's quarterback camp. The Smut Studio in the new on the new TV wall. On the new two TV wall. Two TVs. I thought you were putting two TVs over there. You're just gonna have two TVs in the TVs in the place. Yeah, it might be tough, man, to do uh Can we call this episode Spider Two Wise Russell Wilson running backwards? <laughs> Didn't we already have a title? <laughs> God, this is the thing. I've already forgot. We already discussed. I said it out loud three times. What was it? I can't even remember. Uh, it was something about uh, one of the quarterbacks. I forget. Or was it no, about? No, it was uh, Jason Garrett is a Honda Accord loner. There it is. Well, Prano, let's, sit, let's put this down, and we'll come back in a couple days. Yeah, we'll recap. We'll do a quick recap of the two Monday Night Football games tonight, and then we'll pick all our games. By the way, we'll post uh, we'll post a tweet with all of our picks from week one because uh, we didn't get to do that because of all the live podcasting and whatnot. So we're gonna, we'll are gonna pick all our games, and uh, we'll show you where we're at, and then we'll pick week two because we got to have a bet on, on, this, on our picks same way. Maybe you can go double or nothing on your uh, insane clown posse says he still haven't paid that off. There should be a rule, by the way, if you don't pay it off before week one of the next year or something happens. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll get to that, and we're going to go to the game tonight. And real quick, before we get to our picks, Joe, mm-hmm. I want to say we did use SeatGeek last night. Guy and Couch used SeatGeek to go, I'm sorry, to purchase tickets for tonight's Chicago Cubs-Milwaukee Brewers game. He was blown away. Guy and Couch had downloaded SeatGeek. It's so easy, obviously, to download. Just go down to your app store, download it. He goes, I've never used it, though. And he wasn't aware. I said, dude, you get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And what I love about SeatGeek is we got the view where we were sitting. We looked at different angles, different... Chicago's an older field. There's yes. a couple of obstructed view areas. And I said, hey, these, these tickets are cheaper but SeatGeek is telling me, showing me, in fact, we might be behind a big metal pole. So let's go a little bit more expensive. We still get that $20 rebate. Not even a rebate. Now they just take it off your, they just give you a discount. That's right. $20 straight off the top. 
Let's go to right field. Use that savings on some money, on some tickets that are not behind a metal pole. And we got to show the guys we're going with, hey, you guys have been to Wrigley. What do you think? And they're like, those look pretty good. Exactly. Guys, you too can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's right. All Dirtballs get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Simply download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Okay. We're going to put it down and we'll come back in a couple days and get to our week two NFL picks. So we're back, Prano. It's three days later. You are now back in Los Angeles. I am in Cincinnati. But we must make our weekly NFL picks this week. That's right. I can't wait. We, uh, did we, are we going to publish our picks from last week? Or we'll just, we'll just put up our standing, right? Like, we're going we're, we're to need a bet, like I said, before I get too far ahead and you don't want to bet on something. Yeah, I agree. Well, we, we did make picks uh, in Chicago, and we will have those, like you said. We can, we can either publish them or, like you said, just our— We'll just, we'll just put our score up because at this point, no one cares. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, let's get to it, man. We, I know we both got stuff to do, and uh, let's, just, let's just mow through these. Let's rock and roll. All right, so tonight, the Thursday night game kicks off actually here in Cincinnati— the Ravens come to town to play the Bengals, and the Bengals are currently, we're going to use, just so everybody knows, we'll use Westgate all year, uh, their lines from Vegas. They are, the Cincinnati is currently a one-point favorite. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm going to give a Joey Nocho money line pick of the week. Ah, so. What, for- what, what about, I understand it's a division game, and I understand, but like, was anything about the, uh, the fucking Colts Bengals slap fight um, make anybody confident in this Bengals team? Well, here's one thing that I just heard. I just got home. I was just out in my mom's car. I did hear something on the radio. Not that this matters. The Bengals have actually won seven of nine, their last nine against the Ravens. So I don't know if that sways. Basically, they're saying they got a hardball's number the last four years. Great story, Andy. I'm taking the Ravens. And I am too. (laughs) I agree. And also, let's not forget, the Bengals did knock them out of the playoffs last year with that last-second win in Baltimore, which I think carries over somewhat for this season. Yeah. It's going to be in the back of their heads. So, all right, we both agree. There's some weird – obviously, we're about to – talk about all of them but there's some weird favorites this week this is one of them to me i get it it's at home in cincinnati but like do they have a home field advantage there no in fact i'll be very curious to see how many fans show up actually especially with everyone hating marvin lewis at this point okay let's move on carolina at atlanta the falcons are a six point favorite at home against their division rival wow uh big spread for how many points uh, Atlanta did not manage last week. I will. Um, I'm going to take Carolina, but I think Atlanta wins the game. I'm going to agree with you. Six is very high for a division game. I think it stays close, but ultimately, I think the Falcons win, and I did not see them starting 0 and 2. All right, moving on. Indianapolis at Washington. The Redskins are a six point favorite against the Colts. 
Again, I think it's too high. I'm going to take the underdog here. I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, another big spread. I tend to agree with you, but I'm going to go with uh, something that happens almost year in and year out. Surprising, crazy, great start by an Alex Smith team that will never win a playoff game. I'm going to say it. Washington wins and covers. And Redskins, six weeks from now, Redskins fans are going to be talking Super Bowl. And like they've like Alex Smith didn't play on two other teams that eventually abandoned him because he cannot win a Super Bowl. How many playoffs games has Alex Smith won? Actually, I don't know. I mean, he won. He he went to the NFC Championship game that year against the Giants. So that's a couple. He definitely won one in Kansas City. All right. Well, there you have it. Houston. And by the way, he and by the way, he could win a Super Bowl, but the Redskins don't have the best defense in football. They have they're fine, so he won't win a playoff game. Well, next up we have Houston at Tennessee. Ah, the the new franchise meets the former franchise. One yes. one and a half point favorite for Houston on the road. Now, what's Mariota's status at this point? I do not know. I do not know the answer to that question. Um, but I do know. But I think that, that's very uh, important, right? Well, I do know he's going to be hobbled one way or the other, and I do know that. They didn't look great last week, um, but honestly, did did the Texans look great last week? Somebody's starting zero and two here. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Houston. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna have to go with Houston on this. Basically, I look at it this way: healthy Deshaun Watson over either hobbled Mariota or I mean, who's their backup? Gabbert. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that guy's in the NFL. What are we talking about here? Right. All right. Next up, we have Philly. Your your, your boys from Philadelphia travel to Tampa Bay, where your other your 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 actual boy, Fitzy Ryan Fitzpatrick, is a three and a half point underdog at home against the defending Super Bowl champions. Three and a half seems awfully low for a team everybody thought was going to be really, really bad against the defending Super Bowl champs. I'm going to go with the Eagles, but I'm not ruling out the potential for some Fitz magic. I think, I think the, uh, I think the Bucks either lose and the Eagles cover, or the Bucks win outright. But more likely, I think it's probably two thirds that the uh, Eagles cover, one third that the Bucks just win outright. I'm going to go with, I'm going to lean towards the two thirds. I'm going to go with the Eagles cover, and I am guaranteeing right now an Andy Ruther guarantee of the week. Ryan Fitzpatrick throws two interceptions. He comes back down to earth. Mr. Oh, he's so good. He he shows he shows forms of two, his of his tw- two go ahead. Two re- two real interceptions or one interception, one fake one, like your boy Russell Wilson last ah, week. Ah, you don't gotta bring Russ into this. I'm saying two interceptions. He's going to go back to that year where he threw 12 touchdowns to 17 interceptions, which was just a couple years ago. I think he is brought back down to earth, and I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. Okay. All right, Kansas City at Pittsburgh. The Steelers are a four-point favorite. This is a very interesting spread. I do not understand this. They started out at five and a half. uh, To me, from week one with the Chiefs defense – and the way uh, 
Ben Roethlisberger played. What the fuck? Like, I literally do not know how that started off at five and a half. And uh, the public seems to agree. I think, I don't know if that's a Vegas, like, luring people, luring the big Pittsburgh fans onto their side with um with a big spread and, like, trying to get guys on that side. I don't know what it was, but it's ludicrous to me. I don't even know how, honestly, Pittsburgh's favored. I'm going with uh, Joey Nochel, another Moneyline pick of the week. Chiefs, Chiefs win and cover. I mean, Chiefs obviously cover because they win. I think it was so high. Well, I agree, first of all. It was ridiculously high. I think the spread was so high because Pittsburgh always plays so much better at home, especially I saw some breakdown of, of Ben's numbers. Roethlisberger, it's like night and day when he plays. I mean, they're going from they're going from tying the Browns to being over, like being almost a touchdown to the Chiefs. Look, I agree. I, I 100% I'm going to take Kansas City to cover, but it will be interesting. Again, you know, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he did look good last week. He was also playing a home game in San Diego. I, I mean, let's be honest. That was all Chiefs fans. So this is his first, quote-unquote, really road start uh, in Pittsburgh. Not an easy place to win. I like Pittsburgh to win, but Kansas City to cover. Great story, Andy. I'm taking the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here, Prano. All right, the Dolphins. It's just from my. There's a. Go ahead. That, that, it's a. It's a pizza star quote that he loves to do from an old Lee Corso on on game day where they did like a whole long tale about like, uh, like some. I think somebody was playing against Miami, and uh, there's a long story about one of the players coming back from cancer and like how they fought back from cancer to get back on the field, and it's like. This, uh, you know, a 20 minute fucking you're going to cry piece. He's like, great story. I'm taking the hurricane. <laughs> I love me some Lee Corso. Yeah. He, he is that old. Lee Corso has the old man. I don't give a shit mentality. Yeah. Which is always great in life. Okay. Let's move on to the AFC East. The Dolphins travel to the Meadowlands to play the Jets. The Jets who walloped. The Lions on the road on Monday Night Football. Sam Darnold looked very good. They are a three-point favorite at home against the Dolphins. Uh, uh, so it's basically a pick game with a home. Uh, the The Jets did look good. I'm not going to be lured in by that, though. Um, I don't know what to make of the Jets yet. I got to say this. like Again, this is it, – it's amazing that, like – I think Sam Darnold's going to be fine. Like, I was not confident he was going to be a sure thing, but I think he's going to be fine. Like, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he's going to be the quarterback there for a long time. But I don't understand this, like, crowning of him. Like, yes, I know they scored 48 points and they dominated the Lions, but when you look at the box score, he didn't throw for 200 yards. Well, you know why. It's a hot take culture. Everything's hot take. So, you're right. we got to see more. It's one game. I mean, they're, they're literally, like, as a Giants fan, the big thing in New York is, like, the, the, the watching of Sam Darnold to see if the Giants have somehow blown it by not taking him. And it's like, the Jets fans are like, well, that's official. You guys blew it. Thanks for Sam Darnold. It's like, he threw for 100 fucking yards. Uh, by the way, in the same week, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 400-plus, four touchdowns, and ran for one. So, w- did you already have your savior? I don't know. It's like... <laughs> That's the guy you had two years ago. But he also, again, two years ago, Fitzy threw 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. So uh, 
again, look, I, I think the the jury's still out. Is that is that the saying? Did I do it correctly? Yeah. Yeah. The, the jury is still out here on Darnold. But I dude, I'm just I'm not a big gay guy in Miami. I never have been. The fact that he signed Jay Cutler threw ten million dollars at him. I just I just don't trust his decisions. Therefore, I think the Jets are going to start 2-0, and I think they're going to cover. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins just based on everything I know about the Jets being uh, being Jets fans, everything. Like, week one, they're excited. Week two, like, you think they, they would get three or four weeks of excitement before they come back down to earth. No, they lose to the Dolphins, who no one thought was going to be good. But you know what? I think they I think they might win. I just think it's a close game. Might come down to a last second kick. Do we never Dolphins Dolphins do, can't start two and out, right? Do we yeah, I know that's a good point. Do we ever know what happened to Fireman Ed? Because remember he gave up his fandom. Did he ever return? I, I believe he is back. Yeah, I believe he's back. Oh, oh, I just put it into Google. First headline. Fireman Ed officially back with a vengeance in Detroit. Yeah. In fact, I believe he's the face of uh New York Sports Fans Magazine, which I actually just wrote a uh, a little column for who should buy the Mets. Uh, my friend Jay runs that magazine. If you're in the New Jersey area, New York Sports Fan Magazine is free in all kinds of locations, pizza shop and whatever. Uh, go pick that up and see the article I wrote about who should buy the Mets. Uh, some of my options are Jerry Seinfeld, Howard Stern, and Mark Cuban. So, uh, and there's an ad for Dirty Sports in there. Check that out. But yeah, Fireman Ed's back, and they they've been pushing that hard. Well, by the way, those are those are three guys who would be great to buy the Mets. I'm looking on his Wikipedia. The Fireman Ed has a Wikipedia, and I don't, and you don't. What, what is happening in this world? He actually returned in 2015. We got to get, get Matty Goldberg to write us one. He writes his Wikipedia. Does he? I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a low-key, dirty sports conspiracy? Goldberg Matty like, always be like, who's writing my Wikipedia? I don't know. <laughs> he Are gets, they going to put up? I wonder if they're going to put up my path roll soon. He gets a big grin. You know what? I'm actually going to hop on Matty's Wikipedia real quick here. Let's, let's, see, let's see what he's got going on, if they've updated anything. Comedian, sports handicapper, well, and well, somebody needs to update author. because it still says it still talks about mine and Maddie's riff from Dent Report. Oh, so somebody has not updated. It has been rumored that the last thing about that it says it has been rumored that Maddie has been officially relieved of all responsibilities as a member of the Dirty Sports Podcast Network. Again, not true, guys. You gotta. Well, if you think Maddie's doing this, he's got to update his Wikipedia. Maddie, update your Wikipedia. Oh, actually, actually, it has been updated. I didn't read far enough. On August 21st, 2018, Maddie was invited back onto the Dent Report, episode 44, by host Andy Ruther to publicly discuss their strained relationship and the current status of their friendship. Well, that's certainly well too written for Maddie. I think his 12-year-old niece might be writing it. Well, the conspiracy deepens. Okay, back to NFL picks. The L.A. Chargers, wow, that's still weird to say, Brando. It really is. Travel to Buffalo, and what, what we are deeming, or I am deeming, the Sean Merriman game. Yes. Where he will be slamming Bills fans through tables. Hopefully tables that have 
daggers in them because this is going to be a rough season for the Bills fans. Okay, huge spread here, Prano. Chargers are seven and a half point favorites on the road across the country in Buffalo. I'm going to take the Chargers. <laughs> I am too. I am too. In fact, I have a I have a bet with a with a Bills fan who thinks they will straight up win this game. Wow. Okay. That's that's a ludicrous bet. The Bills are going to be really bad now. Josh Allen is starting this what's, week. What's the bet? I think it's just like a pizza. Oh, I was going to say uh, if he loses, he should have to go find Mac and get our Dolphins money. There's a lot of chirping at Mac. Did you see that this week on Twitter? I did not. No, lots of chirping. I'll tell you what, the dirt balls never forget dude that's one thing i love about the dirtball fam i saw aronofsky just put him on blast on a quote tweet and then the minions just hopped in and savagely attacked him like a like a shark attacking a wounded fish in the sea and i was just i I was like mr burns excellent just watching it unfold so mac if you still listen to the show fuck you uh (laughs) anyway minnesota at green bay Great game. I'm excited for this one. The Packers are a one-point favorite, Prano. Ooh. Wow. Um, I mean, just the way the defense of the Raiders started off in that game, a potential hobbled Aaron Rodgers. I know he played great hobbled last week, but Minnesota and— Defense defense uh, of the Bears. Yeah, sorry, the Bears. No worries. I'm still thinking Khalil Mack. Yeah, I know. Uh. Whatever defense is Cleo Max on is the Raiders. Congratulations, John Gruden. You didn't, you didn't trade him. You just became the head coach of the Bears. Um, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Me too. I'm looking right now. I'm looking uh, to the status. Six hours ago, Mike Zimmer said uh, he walks on water, so I'm sure he's playing. So they're confident Rodgers is gonna play. Uh, but again, this Vikings defense is no joke. I think they win. And the fact that it's only a point favorite in Green Bay, I think, shows that Rodgers is going to be playing with that injury, and it could be a little more significant than people thought. Okay, moving on. The Cleveland Browns. By the way, I finished Hard Knocks. I'm taking the team the Cleveland Browns are playing against. They are traveling to the Bayou. They're going to be playing the Saints this week. The Saints are currently an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking the Saints. Nothing scares you about the Saints giving up. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am also going to take the Saints. Did you ever finish Hard Knocks? Uh, no, I did not. And you won't. I don't. I didn't finish Hard Knocks. Like the Browns don't finish games. Oh. Too soon, too soon. Okay, I am also going to take the Saints. Okay, the Lions travel to San Francisco where the 49ers are a six-point favorite. Seems a little high. Uh, I think the Niners win. Seems a little high. I'm taking the Lions to cover. I agree. I think the Lions cover. I think they bounce back, but I, I, I think the Niners do win. Okay, your biggest point spread of the week. The Cardinals travel to Los Angeles where the Rams are a 13-point favorite. Massive Third-point favorite. That seems, that's 30. That seems like a lot. I'm going to take the Rams either way. I think they may be the win by 31. Yes, I agree with you. 
I'm going to take the Rams. Oh, did you say? Oh, did you say it was a 13 point favorite? Yes. Oh, I thought you said 30. Oh, well, I'm taking them anyway. Okay, we both agree. All right, New England, good game, AFC Championship. Yeah, this yeah AFC uh, Championship rematch from last year. The Patriots travel to Jacksonville, where they are a one point favorite on the road. Andy Ruther's. I'm going to take the pat. Upset pick of the week. Jacksonville wins. Wow. Uh, I think uh, I think Jacksonville's defense, from what I saw last week against the Giants, is uh, still you yes. know w- still what it was last year. But I think uh, also from what I saw from the Giants and Pat, and Pat Shermer's offense, I think even though they didn't score a touchdown, I think that there was you know moments there where it seemed like he had the right idea on how to atta- how to attack it. Maybe just not the personnel. Well, fuck you, Eric Flowers, uh, to accomplish it. Um, Bill Belichick has the personnel. I think Bill Belichick has the strategy. Had the whole offseason after that AFC Championship game to figure it out even more. I'm taking the Patriots to win and cover. All right. To me, this is the first crack in the Patriots you know, dynasty starting to starting to fade away a little. I think they lose. Normally, this would be a game I picked them to win. I think they lose. Okay. Oakland at Denver. Yo, fool. The Raiders, great first half, zero points in the second half. Derek, dude, uh, I know you're big on Derek Carr, and and I'm a Derek Carr fan too. Lots of articles. I read a lot of articles about him from various sports sites, sites that I like. They're saying like, look, dude, you got to get it together. And people are starting to worry. I'm already, I know it's one game. I'm already seeing like if he doesn't start stepping it up, he might not be. Uh, John Gruden's guy, blah, blah, blah. I mean, again, it's one game. He's got to step it up. They are six-point underdogs on the road in Denver. Yeah, it looks pretty good in the first half. Uh, so I mean, he played awful in the second half. Yeah, I mean, but is, was he a different human being? Did the, did the other Derek Carr come out of the locker room? Like uh, With that, sometimes if you see a drastic difference between a first half and a second half, it's kind of a little bit on coaching, right? Yeah. You, you, what ha- what happened? You scripted your plays, and now you come out and you you don't have your plays scripted, and like, and here's the thing with scripting. This is like my Jerry Seinfeld bit. Like, you know how he did the bit about like, why don't they make the whole uh, plane out of the black box? Why don't they script the first fifty plays? <laughs> it's always like they scripted their first fifteen, and then things fell apart. It's like, what? How many can we script? Can we script forty? Yeah. Um, I, I, look, I'm a Derek. I think there's, I, I need to see more with Derek Carr to figure out if it's, uh, you know, is this still injury related? Uh, what's happening? I mean, certainly inconsistency is an issue. I just still like a lot about his, his mechanics and his style of play. And, you know, just, I, I just like how he looks the eye he passed the eye test for me, the way he carries himself as a quarterback. That being said, um, I think it'll be a close – what is it, a six-point game? Yeah, I think the spread's too big. Therefore, I am going to take the Raiders. I, yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders, too. I think spread's too big. I do think Denver wins. And Gruden starts 0-2. Yeah. Okay, your New York Giants travel to Dallas, where the Cowboys are three-point favorites. Before you say anything, since it's your team, I will say – I said this earlier in the episode when we recorded three days ago – Giants win and cover. 
you're more confident than I am, and you get you give Dallas a very low chance to win. I don't think Dallas's defense is that good. I think the Giants are a better team. I think they have more weapons. I think they have more uh, game-changing players. Um, I think this should be a Giants win and cover. Uh, it is a division game. It is Giants-Dallas in Dallas. So anything is possible. But I'm going to stick with my boys. I think Giants win cover. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the, the no-chill money line stamp on it. Um, but I'd say I'm about 60-40, maybe, maybe 62-38 Giants win. Well, Joe, again – who's Dak throwing the ball to? I, I just, I, 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 I agree. I agree. I think all that's out the window and, you know, in a division game uh, between these two teams, but I agree with you. I'm telling you, I, I foresee a five or six win Dallas season. Okay. Monday night football. My boy, Russell Wilson travels to Chicago to face the bears. Three and a half point bears favorites. Big game for both teams. Neither of these teams want to start 0-2. I like Seattle to keep it close to cover, that extra half point. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I think it could come down to a field goal. But, man, Khalil Mack, how many, how many, how many snaps is Russell Wilson going to take and immediately just start running behind him for the, the, the end zone? Uh, I, yeah, that half point throws me off. I'm going to take – you know what? No, fuck you. I'm going to take the Bears. The Bears. Okay. Just, just, just for, just for me and you and the Pickham and Russell Wilson and Khalil Mack, I think, I think, I think it's going to be a close game as well. Probably stupid to take the Bears, but I'm going to do it. Well, much love to the Windy City, which we just left. By the way, how are you recovering, man? How's this? How's that post? Cheese. Fried, well, fatty and, Midwestern Andy, food. You'll be, you'll be interested to hear that I'm off alcohol whoa and i'm off carbs for until the giants bye week which is uh the first week of november now i know a lot of dirt balls are like what the fuck but uh you know everything's everything has a price tag so there's potential if we do a live podcast that i could break that for the right amount of money everything is for sale but uh in theory i'm off alcohol and carbs for like six weeks i just gotta get in shape all carbs yeah i haven't been surfing i haven't been doing anything you know it it comes with kind of being on the road like when you're on the road it's just like perform eat sleep drink and do the whole thing over so now that i'm gonna be be back here for a while i'm going with uh i'm going with a little diet a little exercise uh to get back to prepare for my next trip that's scheduled for the road, the Bay Area trip for Giants Monday Night Football at 49ers. I'm going to do a bunch of shows up there. So what are you is, doing? Uh, if, if you're not the, – the, the no carbs thing is, is my opinion, way more difficult than the no alcohol thing. Because if you go no carbs and if you're exercising, your body's going to crave those carbs to replenish yourself. Yeah, sure will. I mean, I've had I've had a lot of just like straight up proteins, like just I just had like steak and salad the other, last night, you know? You know what you should do? Here, here's what? an Andy Ruther tip if you're going to do that. Buy a bunch of apples, peanut butter, put put peanut butter, cut up apple slices. To, put peanut butter on your balls, let a dog lick it off, yeah, eat an apple. You can do that too. Get get a, get a, get those Go to Costco. I know you're not a big Costco guy. Get the, the big tub of mixed nuts. I like to do that with the apples. I'm telling you, these are these are avocados. Get those fats in your brain. You're basically on the keto diet, basically. Basically. 
All right, Prano. I know you got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. Uh, that is the show. We g- we gave them a lot. They didn't ask for it, but we gave it to them. Actually, they probably did ask for it. We gave them a lot. It's been fun. Anything you want to push right now? No. I, we owe them nothing. We gave them everything. You know where to find me. At Twitter, at Instagram, JoePrano.com. Uh, check out the Joe Prano podcast. Uh, all that stuff. Exactly. At Andy Ruther. And, and, and if you guys want to hear, my mom dropped the hammer on an amazing episode of Dent Report. I'll tell you what, my mom's cut out for this business, I've decided. She, she That's might, amazing. She, she might need her own podcast on the Dirty Sports Network. She killed it, bro. Like, if you guys want to hear the deep dive with my mother, it's available now on Dent Report. And please leave us an iTunes review. If you drop an iTunes review, again, if you put your Twitter handle, you get an automatic follow back. All right, Sounds Prano, good. Do your thing. I'll talk to you soon. Dirtballs, love you guys. And don't forget, condoms are for pussies. <laughs>